Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fan? We are back with the latest and greatest episode of the Chick Foley Show. We're going to be doing, uh, you know, a Money in the Bank review after giving it about a week to digest here. You know, a little little bit of review, a little bit of a look to the future. Um, With all the shenanigans of July 4th weekend, though, uh, you know, it it feels like it's been actually longer than a week since the show even happened. That's what I was thinking today, yeah. But uh, yeah, we've had a crazy week here. We'll We'll catch you guys up to it. But first, let me introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? Doing a lot better tonight. I actually, um, you know... We're a little bit late recording this. Uh, we were actually going to record it last night, uh, but you know we had some shenanigans go down, which I'll share in just a little bit. So if you're listening to this on the weekend, you know you got some free time. We really appreciate you tuning in this weekend and kind of a unconventional time frame for the Chick Fil A show. Yeah, the ruthless aggression figures that are kind of just hitting scattershot across the country right now kind of got the 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 wrestling figure streets on fire right now. Mm-hmm. So people got something to listen to as they're cruising around hitting their uh, their Walmart. Shout out to our um, you know Foley fan member, devoted listener of the Chick Foley show, Zach Hertzler. He always lets us know what he's doing on the weekends, and he always listens on the weekend. So that's like his time to listen to the Chick Foley show. So every time he goes out figure hunting on the weekends, he's listening. So I want to give Zach a shout out. Marco, what's happening up in Boston? Nothing much. Just uh, just excited to talk to talk to you guys. I mean. They say it got like obviously she's going to talk about it, but it got kind of hectic last <laughs> night. So, but uh, I mean, I, I, I was actually I was kind of slightly happy because I did re- obviously I record the uh, raw down on Thursdays, so I was like, oh man, I'm going to be like like rough shot by the end of this episode. Yeah, and doing double to another one. So That's like, always rough. Yeah, doing back to back. Yeah. So when you said that, I was like elated, but at the same time, I was like. After seeing those pictures, I was like, yeah, what the hell's going yeah. on over there? But uh, yeah. yeah, excited. Excited to be here. Hell yeah, man. Jordan, what's happening out in Nebraska? Man, you said it was 4th of July weekend, and I'm coming off about an eight-day bender right now. So uh, <laughs> my my body is not doing well. I feel like my <laughs> liver and everything else is shut down in the past, like, two days. Just been fucking sweating all the time. It's not good, man. I can just... And you, I, I know your ass hasn't been replacing the electrolytes, dude. Oh, you know? been yeah. I've been sweating out all the things no, and just replacing it with no, beer. No, 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 no. I drank some liquid IV. I drank some water. I drank some Gatorade. Okay. I I, uh, I I did as best as I could, Gene. I mean, I did drink some beer, but then I had another beer. <laughs> some, yeah, yeah, so it, it all just goes south every Fourth of July for me. I just I can't contain myself. Glizzies and there's still there's still <laughs> glizzies and bush light. That's that's the way to go. That's America right there. Uh, there's still some people celebrating here in Oakland, Tennessee. Uh, there's fireworks going off. You may hear them in the background here in a little bit, but they were still shooting them off tonight. Well, you know, the day after uh, July 4th, man, you always got like a killer cell with all the, the fireworks tents. They're trying to load off their uh, their inventory mm-hmm. before it's got to get packed away in the warehouse for another year. So, uh, so yeah, I think people went and got that deal last on, on a Wednesday and now they're letting Makes them fly. Uh, Sheena, hit us with uh, what's new on the farm slash a Chick Foley medical update. So, again, <laughs> this is a special weekend show. Normally, for the most part, we record on either Wednesday or Thursday night and drop on Thursday or Friday morning. This is going to be the rare Saturday morning show. Sheena, tell them why we're recording on a Friday night. So yesterday, um, well, I'll just go ahead and, you know, drop the bomb right here. I spent last night in the emergency room. I'm okay. Everything's okay. Um, It was more or less just a precaution. Um, And if you know me, you know, like that was like the absolute last move 
um, for me. I can pretty much handle just about everything here at home, you know. Um, but when things start to feel like they're out of my control, like I went to the emergency room. So let me rewind. I'm house sitting for our neighbor. They have, you know, two dogs, two cats. I've, I've house set for them before, um, you know. Dogs are a little bit ruckus. We call them the the bumpus hounds. If you guys remember from the Christmas story, the bumpus hounds that came in and ate ate the Thanksgiving or the Christmas turkey or the Christmas ham or whatever it was, just like loud, obnoxious hounds. They also have a cat that the last time I babysat for it, it was on one medication. Now it's up to three medications that I have to give this cat. (laughs) So um, I was going over there doing my rounds, you know, and I'm an excellent pet sitter. I like to make sure that everything I go above and beyond, you know. So I, I've agreed to give this this cat its three medications. I reach in to get the cat from behind the bed to give it its medication. And it's like pissed off, you know, and I've, I've reached in behind this bed like multiple times at this point to give this cat its its meds, right? No issues. This time the cat's just like absolutely not having it pissed off, bites down on my hand, dude. Pretty, pretty gnarly like puncture, right? And then a couple of like smaller punctures on my wrist. I'm pretty tough. It was no big deal. I mean, it sucked. I was pissed off cussing the cat. But at the same time, I was like, ah, it's, it's probably fine, right? Came home, washed it off. The ne- or By the night, we were watching Succession. I was like, damn, my wrist is like really hurting, man. Like, I didn't know if it was just bruised from like the impact of the cat's jaw. I was like, dang, it's like so sore and so stiff. Next morning, I wake up. It's so infected. It's like oozing and like, you know, it's like, I'm like, am I going to turn into Catwoman? Like, what is happening here, right? So... I, um, you know, do all my voodoo mama juju holistic remedies and stuff on it. It keeps it at bay. But by that evening, um, I went to Brett's karate class and there was like a streak up my arm. So it was like a red streak. And if you know anything about that, it pretty much means like it's starting to like enter the bloodstream. Like the infection is starting to enter the bloodstream. And that's pretty like on like on the old Westerns, like a cowboy gets bit by like a fucking copperhead or something. And you know, they go to check on him later that night and they're like, you know, how you doing, Tex? And he's like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. And then he peels back his shirt and it's like a spider web on his arm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Sheena's arm was Yikes. looking like, man. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I, I, I went back and forth like with myself because there was just, I did not want to have to go to the emergency room because I knew it was just going to be an all night affair and just not my, just not my scene. But being, you know, smart and knowing that if I ignored it, like the worst possible thing could happen. I mean, sepsis kills people. Like that's something that's like, it's a very serious thing. And if it wasn't that serious still, I could get admitted to the hospital, which also like, ugh, who wants to do that, right? Um, So I went into the emergency room just to get it checked out. I didn't have any fever or anything like that. So I wasn't showing signs of like full blown, like blood infection. Went in. The lady at reception literally told me that this was the third cat bite that they had treated that day so like f cats sorry if you're a cat person out there i don't really mess with cats i've they're, hated cats my whole life man. yeah they're Can't not trust them, they're dude. not really my jam i think um you know marco you got a cat right yeah she's she's an old lady she just chills <laughs> she doesn't do anything Listen, yeah I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on all the cats out there and I, you know we, we love marco and you know i'm not trying to crap on his pet but dude i just don't i just don't f with cats for that reason like i said man like the cat was like totally fine several times before that and then that one time it was like no nah, i'm about to fuck you up and so uh <laughs> and it did <laughs> so i went in i was there all freaking night like six freaking hours uh they gave me some intravenous antibiotics and uh it's looking better this morning so Hopefully, like I said, I don't I don't start turning into Catwoman and you see me out in the backyard like catching mice and drinking 
milk out of a dish. But <laughs> overall, that was the reason why I didn't get home till 2.30 this morning. And it would have been like an hour later. I busted out of that joint. I was like, guys, I can't stay any longer. Like, you got to take this take this out, uh, this IV out. Like, you know, this thing's dripping way too slow. Just give me some oral antibiotics. I'll take them at home. Like not, not hanging here any longer. You know, <laughs> just want to, just want to point out to the Foley fam worldwide, you know, less than 24 hours after a near fatal feline attack, uh, you know, Sheena's back on the airwaves. Hey, that's right. You know, a t- tough it out. So, uh, yeah, doing good. I think everything's starting to, starting to heal up. So, um, as far as like the the medical update, that's it. Um, as far as what's new on the farm, I did want to talk about something really cool that happened. I got a chip drop so to mulch all of our like landscape beds and garden beds. If you guys don't know about this, if you're a gardener or if you're like you're a, like to mulch your landscape, it's a way to get free wood chips and keep them out of the landfill. So it's like chip drop, um, and you sign up, and the arborists who like you know they clean up limbs and logs and shit from the storms they chip it all up and bring it to your house for free and drop it off so i got one of those it was my first one i've been signed up for like eight months and that was my first chip drop so i've been mulching my ass off over here getting all the the soil ready for i mean even next spring just going ahead and prepping all the beds for next spring all right (laughs) thank you sheena that was probably the longest uh what's What's new on the farm farm? segment ever but we felt like we went to the listeners let them know why we uh we delayed the show by a day remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media you can find me on instagram at chick foley marco running the twitter machine at chick foley show are we going to be on threads is that going to be a thing are we going are we jumping on the the thread bandwagon are we on twitter? i don't know i, I don't was going to ask i was going to i mean it's basically you, you link your uh chick your chick foley account to it or or we can just create a separate chick foley show one That'd be yeah. Totally I think it. You. I think it like links your Instagram account account and everything. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't really gotten on and like looked at it and like looked at the interface or anything. But apparently, it's like you know. It's, have you, it's have you guys thing. checked it out yet? I have. Yes. I. It's uh. It has obviously like if you go to like a lot of the uh, tech websites are showing all the um, you know, all the startups that taken a long time to gain followers and threads. I think it had like a million followers like in a matter of few hours. So. Yeah, I think it's got like 10 million followers already already. or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's... It got 10 million followers in seven hours. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely the the leader in the clubhouse of all the the Twitter clones slash replacements. I think just because it's already like so integrated. Like it's already like part of your Instagram. You can link up all your followers and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just kind of seamless integration, so... Just another thing to yeah. track you. Just another fucking thing to track. So Zuck. yeah. Anyway, you can yeah you can find us uh, on as of right now not on Threads yet, uh, but you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, and then you can follow us. Uh, get all of our links to all of our partners and everything at chickfoley.com. Join our Patreon group. We have an incredible community on Facebook. Uh, we're doing lots of fun stuff over there. So get in, join all the fun. We got people pounding the pavement looking for these ruthless aggression figures. So. Get in two bucks a month or twenty bucks for the year and uh, join the fam. Maybe we'll uh, just put it to a vote in the Foley fam, see if they want to have a Chick Foley show presence on uh, on Threads. We, we yeah. take it from there. All right, uh, you guys ready to talk some wrestling? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, Sheena, lead us. Let's talk about Money in the Bank. All right. So if you guys remember uh, last week, whenever we were <laughs> traumatized. Sheena's licking herself right now. You guys yeah. can't see it, but neither can we, but we know what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Okay, I had to hit that, that at least once. <laughs> uh, if you guys know, last week, um, I Seth was here with um, with our daughter Stella, the uh, future women's champion, and I took Brett to a pool party. So I missed a lot of the Money in the Bank um, 
premium live event, but I did make it home in time for the Civil War, which was super cool. But I want to get all your guys' like thoughts and takes and everything. I, I got caught up on all the results and everything, but didn't get to watch everything live. So first off, we got the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Damian Priest defeated Butch, L.A. Knight, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, and Shinsuke. What are your what are your teas on um, Damian Priest walking away with, with the the briefcase? Uh, you know, it's something that we were speculating heavily on. I think we pretty much landed on between him and Logan Paul and L.A. Knight as the three that had a chance mm-hmm. last week. Um, I don't know. To me, I like the Judgment Day. I feel like the Judgment Day is like an upper mid card um, act. But mm-hmm. now with him winning this, and you know, between the, the ongoing issues with Seth and Finn. It feels like they're going to be hovering around the the world heavyweight championship picture for the foreseeable future, and I'm not I'm not totally in love with that. I'm not either. I don't, you know I've I've been critical of Damian Priest on this show like for years at this point. I mean, remember Damian Priest and his like horrific genes back in the day? Like you know that's that's the Damian Priest the that true always, religions. Yeah, the true religions. That's the <laughs> Damian Priest that always comes to mind for me. Um, and just imagining him as a WWE champion, like it just, it just something about it doesn't fit for me. Like a mid card champion, US champion, intercontinental champion, yes, I could get down with that. But ha- holding a world title, Damian Priest, he just, he seems, his gimmick seems so mid to me. I mean, am I like, am I poorly assessing this or just, no. you know? <laughs> no, I, I liked him a lot before he came to WWE when he was Punishment Martinez. I, I thought he was awesome. I don't know, man. He he just doesn't really fit for me in WWE. He's just he's just kind of there. Um, mm-hmm. And dude, we we've already talked about the World Heavyweight Championship feeling like kind of like a a big step down from the Universal Title. Universal. This only is going to make it feel even more of a step down to me. Like, yeah. yes, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I mean, I get why they had him win. I just. I don't know. It, I mean, dude, he's 40 years old. It ain't like he's a young man. I mean, L.A. Knight's not young either, but. It's not about the age. Yeah. yeah. It's something about L.A. Knight. He's just got so much more charisma, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's just got the energy and the electricity, whereas, like, Damian Priest, it's like the power's out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so we, we kind of talk about this on the on the raw down about how, uh, you know, L.A. Knight technically doesn't need that, the briefcase to, you know, you know get his, you know, his star power up that we think he will kind of like, kind of like pigeonhole him if he does, if he did end up winning it. Cause he, I always see the uh, money in the bank briefcase as a, a heel gimmick. Now, if you're a baby face, you don't need to cash in at all. And I think that's why a lot of those, like, you know, with the, with the big E that kind of failed a little bit, it was exciting for him to win it and, you know, win the title, but it did kind of nothing. It kind of like, yeah, it, it does over it does overexpose you a little bit, I think, yeah. just because of the nature of the Money in the Bank briefcase. It really kind of, um, you know, it, it makes you always have to like be hiding in the corner or like showing up at like awkward times and like fake cashing in and all of that. So, yeah, I could see that, too. Yeah. And, they, and the other thing, too, with like uh, uh, Finn Balor, my thing with, with the Finn Balor, Damian Priest, that whole thing, I feel like if they're going to continue with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, um and this whole like vengeance thing that he has against Seth Rollins, it doesn't, he, he shouldn't be in judgment day. Like it should not say they should break up judgment day, but I think if it's like a, it, it kind of like, it kind of ruins that whole scenario when you have, I mean, it'd be a cool storyline if, you know, Finn Balor, you know, does you know, beat Seth Rollins. And then, you know, now you have Damian Priest with the money in the bank briefcase. And now he has to worry if he's going to cash in that whole thing. But I, I think it, it's just kind of, 
it's kind of ruining it, I think, with with uh, if they are going to continue because there's really no one else to like challenge Seth Rollins for as a top yeah. tier like main eventer. It's really just Cody, and obviously Cody's going to be facing Brock Lesnar at, at SummerSlam. So right. it's like it's really just Damian Priest and Finn Balor, like <laughs> that's and Drew McIntyre. But obviously Drew McIntyre's going to be facing Gunther at some point. So yeah, it's really I think that world title isn't supposed to be important or as important as the universal championship right now anyway Mm -hmm. um until they kind of get it figured out with the main event scene because it's it's definitely lackluster yeah agreed you guys have any more thoughts on the men's money in the bank are we ready to move on to the women's money in the bank i just want to see shinsuke get one more main event push man yeah i would i just think he could i think it'd be awesome you know like i said we we know they've teased him in roman a couple times like if Roman gets past this Jey Uso thing, they got to have something to buy some time between now and, and WrestleMania. Let Shinsuke be the challenger of the month one month and just, you know, he don't even got to win. Just let him get a main event match against Roman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, when I mentioned Shinsuke winning the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase, you guys all kind of scoffed last uh, last week. Well, because he's just, he's ice cold right now. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, yeah, if you wanted to have him win it, I know where you could, but there's just, there's no steam behind Shinsuke right now. He's yeah. kind of just living off his name from, from six or seven yeah. years ago, dude. Almost everybody in that match was a mid carter. I just kind of, it kind of just now hit mm-hmm. me when we were talking about it. Yeah, I mean, outside mm-hmm. of Logan Paul, who's just a special attraction, like, dude, the rest of people in that match are mid carters at this point. So, hundred percent. I don't know, man. It doesn't make that match feel very important when that's what you put in it. So, do you think Damian Priest will successfully cash in? Do you think he's going to win the title? I think yes. I think it's going to end up. I think he's going to cash in on Finn. I think yeah. Finn's going to beat Seth yeah. at SummerSlam, and uh, Priest is going to cash in and get that belt <sighs> yeah. for a short reign. And, yeah. and Seth could win it back the next night on Raw. Dude. Yeah. Honestly, like Priest could win it, and Seth wins it back a week later. But I do think it's going to be a successful cash in. Now they, that company's definitely behind Damian Priest, dude. They like they love the shit out of that guy, and, and they put out some fact where if he does win, he'd be the first. Um, in, in, in over 50 years, the first Puerto Rican champion, the uh, well, Mexican Pedro Morales. I was just about so. to say, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it with Damian Priest, but like, you know, he had that one awesome match with uh, Big Bad Bunny in <laughs> in uh, Puerto Rico, and it's like all of a sudden he's just like the man, and I'm like, I, what? Ha-? Like, yeah, he put on a good match. That was an awesome match, but. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like that translates into strapping the Triple strapping H. the rocket to. Uh, I think Damian Priest, Priest is really good, man. I, 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 I think you guys are kind of underselling him a little bit. He's a good wrestler. Not, he's, he's a good he's wrestler. A cool Being man. a good wrestler doesn't make you a main eventer. Doesn't yeah, make yeah. you a world champion. Yep. You like, there's the a. There, I mean, there are, there's a ton of great wrestlers in WWE. I would, you're right. I would counter that with. I don't think you got to be a main eventer to win the world heavyweight championship at this point. You know, it's. I, I hate true. to say that with Seth being the guy holding it, but yeah. I don't think being a main eventer is a prereq to holding that belt. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely Roman. If you you have to be a main event or if you're uh, facing Roman I think at, yeah. at, at that point and, yeah. and you, you could definitely tell Triple H is running running that company if anyone has any any doubts that Vince McMahon is doing anything look at the two winners of uh, the Money in the Bank matches they're, they're mm-hmm. both uh, students of Triple H and NXT so you are right there ah. he's playing his favorites all right, we'll go ahead and move on to the women's Money in the Bank ladder match since we're talking about Money in the Bank. Uh, EO Sky defeated Bailey, Becky, Trish, uh, Zelina Vega, and Zoe Stark. We called EO Sky. I feel like that was pretty much you know written yeah. in the tea leaves. I feel like that's no, but nobody's really surprised by that. Um, do we think EO has a successful wait, cash didn't, in? Wait, didn't the other three of you pick Becky? 
Last when we I recorded, didn't. I didn't. I picked EO. I picked Becky in the picks league because I thought she was gonna win, but I was wrong, obviously. Oh, me and Sheena were the ones who picked EO. Yeah, yeah, we yeah I picked EO. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think we were all co-signing it though. I think we were. Yeah. all I don't think nobody said was, nobody was yeah. taking a shit on EO winning man. I, 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 the ending of this match was really good. I really like how they booked the uh, the closing segment. I think this. Yeah, that was the, cool. I think the women's match was better than the men's match. Honestly, oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the women's match a lot. I thought they did a really good job with it. Uh, Trish Stratus at 47 years old, taking some of the bumps she took in that match. I, I don't fucking know what to say. Like, dude, I, I seriously <laughs> thought this was just like her coming back to do a match or two and then it was done, but breaks her nose in the middle of the match just keeps going. I'm like, God damn, what a badass yeah. chick. She got the freaking bug, dude. She got the taste, you know, you get back in it. I mean, it's just like old hat. You just do like riding a bike, get back on and keep on going, dude. Um, any thoughts on the what? What? Why are you guys laughing at me? I don't know. Was, that's funny. <laughs> got the taste. Got right back on. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Any other? Any other thoughts on the women's money in the bank? No. Um. I think didn't yet. Did yeah. We ask, answer on if he was, if we're going to be uh successful cash in. Yeah, or it's going to be successful cash in. Jordan, what do you think as our women's wrestling expert? Man, the title picture on SmackDown is just so cluttered right now. I want to say yes because I want her to win, but I think I don't think she's going to be successful. We know we got this like three-way schmoz kind of going between Charlotte, uh, Bianca, and Asuka. I could see, I could see EO kind of coming in and cleaning up the wreckage on that and getting a cash-in victory, or yeah. inserting mm-hmm. herself in the match. Cashing yeah. in the money in the bank and making herself in the middle of the match, like make it a four way. So you think instead of the money in the bank cash in, she's going to go with the money in the bank insertion? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I do. I just don't have a good feeling about her winning with all the shit that's going on with the SmackDown title. Charlotte's I right there. I don't yeah, think there's don't never think been a there's never been a failed women's cash in. I don't. I don't so think. That, I think that's it's going to be a failed women's yeah, cash in. That, yeah, that's definitely yeah. a card they could play. And you know, it, it, you could see something where Bailey ends up costing her, right? Yeah. Like Bailey. Yeah tries to kind of help but she's really hurting her and that ends up being the the final straw for damage control so yeah i think i think i'm with you guys man gun to my head i'm saying no failed cash in yeah i think it's gonna be a failed cash in unfortunately i love i love eo sky yeah. dude she's just she's amazing but i do not see it playing out in her favor all right in a surprise dude this this shocked me honestly Liv morgan and raquel rodriguez defeated ronda rousey and Shayna baszler um I, I just I, I thought it was a stone cold lead pipe lock. I thought Rhonda and Shayna were just gonna like, you know, whoop live and Raquel. No, no problem, but well, that's not how it shook out. Well apparently Rhonda's last match is SummerSlam is kind of what I've been reading. Is that mm. that's her last contracted match and it does not sound like she wants to come back. So that would make sense. So yeah. I I could see something where she said, you know, it's my last match. I really want to go one on one with Shayna. I'm assuming put Shayna over. Because, yeah, the, otherwise, the turn really made no sense, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it in kayfabe, it was like, it okay, we out, finally yeah. got a real women's tag team. These guys were looked unbeatable, and I was looking forward to them. You know, at least, I don't know if they would have been successful or not, but at least would have given us an opportunity to really establish that women's tag team uh, division. Give it some legitimacy. But, yeah, their first pay-per-view defense, they just, you know, you get this the swerve, bro, out of nowhere. Um, but, yeah, if it's Ronda's last match, I guess I can I can get over it. Rhonda putting over the young spry Shayna Baszler. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm excited for that match. I think it's going to be good, dude. I think that match is going to rock, man. It should be pretty good. And, you know, yeah. Ronda, she'll de- she's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. You know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just known when two friends are, like, best friends or they're super close. Like, the match is always a little bit harder hitting and just it hits different, dude. Like, it, it's, I don't know. It's going to be good. All right. I don't think we have uh, much on the bone to talk about Gunther or Gunther and uh, Matt Gunther. Riddle. <laughs> Gunther. <laughs> Gunther and uh, defeating Matt Riddle. But um, Drew McIntyre did come back in that match. So are you guys happy to see Drew back? Yes. I, I love Drew, man. I think it's going to be awesome. I think him and Gunther is going to rock. Gunther? Him and Gunther. Gunther. Gonna, Gunther. I'm calling him Gunther the rest of the show from now on. <laughs> uh, has, has Gunther actually beaten Honky Tonk Man's record yet for longest Intercontinental title reign? I thought so. I thought it was like a week or so ago. I'm about to look it up right now because that's that's really going to determine the uh, where I, how I think this match goes um, at SummerSlam. So, what do you guys think? You guys think Drew's got a chance to beat him? Yeah, I think he definitely does, dude. I think I think they're going to send uh, Gunther on to uh, bigger and better things, dude. I think he's ready for the for the world title or the universal title. Yeah. And Drew coming back, dude, I, I didn't realize how much I missed him in the three months or whatever he was gone. Like, dude, Drew is an integral part of WWE at this point. So, yeah, having him back is a big deal. Marco, were you happy to see Drew back? Oh, man, I think we lost Marco. Marco, you there? All right, Marco just ran out. He couldn't take us calling uh, <laughs> Gunther and Gunther, and he just, just bailed Dipped on out. us. Uh, so right now, right, Gunther is—he's not close, man. He has oh, yeah. another sixty days, dude. He's sixty-two days away. So when SummerSlam? SummerSlam's in like four weeks, man. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You gotta feel like they wouldn't. I, I can't. I can't imagine they would have come this far not to um, not to bring back, not not to let him break that record. You know, I, yeah. I think he's going over. I think Drew's taking the. Uh, the three second pin at uh, at SummerSlam, man. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, no I matter what, why I, bring Drew back like that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think this is ending at SummerSlam either way. So. That's a good call too. Yeah, it could just be a non finish. I mean, dude, um, th- this match is probably going to steal the show at SummerSlam. Like they're going to beat the living shit out of each other, like they do every time they're in the ring. So, I mean, they can carry this. Oh, the match is going to be the match is going to be insane, dude. Yeah, but I, I I agree. I think it could possibly be a, a non finish situation. And then what what would be what's the next pay per view after Payback? Payback. Yeah, I could see them having yeah. a rematch at Payback. Payback's always such a good pay per view. <laughs> hey, that's where the whole. Uh... Hey, Marco's hey, back. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, September is when uh, Gunther is due to beat Honky Tonk's uh, what the heck is it? Uh, thing. So. Intercontinental title reign. We'll see. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to beat him. But I was going to say, everyone thought he was going to sign with AEW. That's that's what everyone's plans were. He was going to show up at Wembley at All In, apparently. I mean, that would have been, been crazy, but I feel like that would have been a – monumental mistake dude. I just think it would have been the we would have seen the typical AW thing it would have been an yeah. awesome moment right yes. when he first debuts yes. and then I feel like three weeks later he's feuding with Claudio for the Ring of Honor title or 100%. something 100% yeah. he, know, he knows where his bread is buttered I think that's right <laughs> that is right all right um, moving on Cody Rhodes defeated Dominic Mysterio um, Marco as our resident <laughs> Cody super fan what were your thoughts on uh, Cody versus Dominic um 
it, it was like a it was an eh match. They really that that was definitely a raw match. It didn't really need to be in the uh, on the uh, premium live event. Um, I think Dominic should have won. I think we all said that. Um, he should just to give him a little bit more no. heat, but. We did not all say that. Well, I, mean, I would, I would I thought, never. I thought he should have won. I thought he should have won. Everybody that won. Jordan said that. I thought he should have won with a Brock Lesnar. Yeah, assist. yeah, that's what yes. I meant. Yeah, sorry. With uh, some type of like Schmaz, uh finish. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to get a clean, a clean uh, win over Cody, yeah. but he did. I was picturing, I was picturing Brock helps him win. You know, like I picture him getting his ass kicked, and Brock comes and helps him out, and then he just goes on Raw yeah. talking shit, like you know, I beat Cody all by myself. That would have been awesome, but yeah, let the booze rain. Yeah, down. I don't think, dude. Yeah, I, I agree. It was a hundred percent. Like they could have been on the main event of any Raw. Yeah. Any day of the year. Dude, if Cody would have taken a pinfall from Dom, no matter who came out to help, that's the end of it. There, There's there's no coming <laughs> back from that. I don't think if people if people aren't booing him by now, after that Roman loss, I don't think he's ever getting booed, dude. Yeah. I'm not I don't kids know. love Cody, dude. Yeah, kids do love Cody. I think but... worst case scenario for Cody, he ends up like in like the two thousand like the the mid two thousands, like John Cena spot where like the kids absolutely adore him if even if the grown ups are kind of grown a little yeah. bit when he comes out. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Seth Rollins defeated Finn Balor uh, for the you know retention of the World Heavyweight Championship. I was uh, I was a little bit disappointed in this one too, man. I thought they were going to go out, and uh, I didn't think they would be successful. But I thought they would at least make an attempt to match Will Ospreay and uh, Kenny Omega, and they didn't. This was you know I put this one like a, this was the next step up from from Dom and Cody. If Dom and Cody was just a standard raw main event, this was like a really good raw main event, but didn't feel like a pay-per-view match between two of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Especially when you have, like you said, Finn Balor, one of the best wrestlers in the world getting distracted by a a standing Damian priest, you know, like Damian (laughs) priest, like, you know, shifts in his chair and all of a sudden Finn Balor's like, Whoa, where am I? Where am I? Finn has got to retire the coup de gras as his finisher. man. the last two high profile championship matches he's had, he's been in control until he goes for that move and then he gets fucked. You know, it happened as the demon against Roman when he had his, the that, that you know he was feeling the gro- he was feeling the groove in his soul and had his music <laughs> on and for some reason the turnbuckle snapped which we never did get an explanation on what the hell happened there yeah um and then this time you know it goes for the coup de grace and gets distracted so dude he's got he needs to find something ground based dude go back to the the nineteen sixteen or whatever that big DDT mm-hmm. where they were calling it um I, don't know, I mean I like the match but I was I wasn't blown away at all by it yeah they did try to pull the uh, I'm not sure if they stole the spot or try to do the same thing, but they they did that same fir- uh, kick out on the one after the finisher thing. Uh, I think it was Seth Rollins that kicked out at the one, and he's doing like the "come on, come on," like the uh, like Kenny Omega did to Will Ospreay. So they they kind of try to mimic that, but that, not the same feeling of that match. That yeah, they they shouldn't have done any attempts to try to mimic or recreate or even try to compete with that Will Ospreay Kenny yeah. Omega match. It was. It was, it was that was cinema. If you want to use those data. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of cinema, um, let's move on to the main event: Bloodline Civil War tag team match between the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, and the Bloodline uh, Roman and Solo. This I like. I raced home. You know, I told Brett. You know, I was I was hoping to get home by the middle of the pay per view so I could like watch the second half of the pay per view. But Brett was having such a good time. I just didn't have the heart to like you know 
jerk him out of the pool halfway through halfway through the party. So I told him, I was like, dude, we got 10 minutes. And I was like, dude, the, the bloodline civil war is coming on Roman versus solo. And so that kind of got him ready to go. So he was ready to go watch that match with us. Um, we pulled in, Seth had it paused. We were on a little bit of a delay, but we made it home. And yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. Like just, the, yeah, at, it was cinema, as you greatest, said, it was, it was cinema. Yeah, we, we said it was the greatest tag team match in WWE history. That's what we uh, that's what we crowned it as. I mean, what about freaking tag team matches, main eventing premium live events in uh, in the modern day uh, three straight now, right? Yeah, in the modern day freaking WrestleMania, three out of the last four. It's wild. Can you guys Usos? Can you guys name any other uh, better tag team match than that one in WWE history? I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go that far, dude. I, I would yeah. take Heart Foundation over Demolition SummerSlam 90. I think, well, true. I think, I, I well, it depends on what you're looking for. I think as far as just like storyline and storytelling, like that, it was this just. This felt like the highest stakes. Yeah. Yes. This somehow felt like, this somehow felt bigger than far, even the Usos against KO and Sammy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. As like, far as just like pure the drama pure goes, match. yeah, yes. I'll give you that. There hasn't, I don't think, this may be the biggest one that it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, as far as like, I, I can think of a, a couple that I would probably take better than this one, man. Um, Seth and, you know, I, now, you know, anybody else feel free to chime in. Seth and Dean Ambrose against Cesaro and Sheamus at SummerSlam 2017 mm-hmm. yeah. was pretty epic also. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking, but there's been some good, but this was a good one, man. Still I wouldn't argue. Still wasn't the main yeah. event, though. No, nah, it wasn't the main event at all. Yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with anybody that said this was their their all-time favorite, man. It was mm-hmm. really, really good. I, dude, I, um... If I had one gripe, man, I almost wish that Roman and Solo actually won the tag belts and went on a little mini run of just dominating because that spear spike combo was like one of the best tag team finishers I've ever seen, dude. That was like a god tier finishing move. And I feel like it would have made the moment. Just I thought it was that, over when that. I thought that when that when that yeah. happened. I thought the match was over. I thought it would have made it that much better if like we'd seen them win, you know, nine or ten matches like that, and then uh, and then the the first one to kick out of it was Jey Uso because that that move was crazy. They had it timed up perfect. It looked awesome. Like that was just a sick move, man. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the the double stack, uh, pin, double kick out. Like I, I thought it was. Just everything was so epic, dude. And then Jay, you know, Jimmy kind of stepping aside and letting Jay get the the final splash and the pin. Like I just just goosebumps, dude. You know, like I mean, I didn't I didn't pick I picked the bloodline, dude, because I, I followed my own rules. Like I'll never bet against the bloodline. Um, so I wasn't expecting that to happen, but dude, when it did, I was so freaking happy, man. Like, oh, it was awesome. It's crazy. It was ten years ago, two thousand thirteen. Jay Uso was the first person to ever pin Roman yeah. Reigns in WWE, and it was that exact same move. The Jay Uso hit him with the splash yep. out of the corner. Yeah, my uh, my son. I mean, and he hasn't been pinned in three years, over three yeah, years, dude. That's like that's, I mean, to me, I mean, we just forget to talk about that. Like he's this guy has not been pinned in over three years, and Jay. Freaking Uso, main event J, did it like since? I mean, yeah. he's the one that kicked off this whole storyline. Like it, it's since Baron Corbin. It's beautiful. Baron Corbin was the last. Person I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now it now Roman can, was eating dog food the last yeah. time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Randy Smith posted in the group. Uh, it was like a it was like a dark memory of when uh you know it was on SmackDown the the dog costume you know the big furry uh, dog mascot costume. Yeah, I was dog, like those were dark days. Dog. Yep, the big dog. <laughs> I was like, were that was WWE selling like those plushies or what was the deal with that? Uh, I can't even. Yeah, uh, like, you got to point out the last time Roman Reigns got pinned, a global pandemic broke out 
less than a month. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and Sheena just got bit by a cat. So. I just got bit by a oh, cat, no. dude. Maybe yeah. I'm, I'm patient zero. Corona, coronavirus 23 is popping up now. <laughs> patient, yeah. patient zero. Cat scratch fever is going to be the next global pandemic. <laughs> Jordan, I know you got, I know you're the, you know, you don't, I'm not going to say you hate the bloodline. I think you got the least amount of bloodline stock out of all of us, though. Give us, give us the the downside on this. Give us, give us some critiques of this match. There was, dude. This match was phenomenal. Like th- this is one of my favorite things of this entire story. the The match itself was was perfect. They did it great. Um, I, I have no critiques for this match. Honestly, I, I'm wow. not. Wow, I'm not going to go as far as saying it's the best tag match ever. I mean. Yeah, I'd I'm, take, I'm not even I, on that one, man. I, I, I appreciate it, Marco, but yeah, I can't go that far. I'd take any ENC Dudley Boys and Hardys match over this. I'd take the Usos and uh, New Day at Hell in a Cell 17 over this. Yeah, it's actually a really good one, too. Uh, the Revival versus DIY and TakeOver. I mean, dude. True. I, I get I, I get where you guys are coming from, but I'm still going to back Marco and saying, like, as far as just, like, you know, the the stakes Story and the feel the of it, like, it's, it's so important. The drama. Yeah, you know, I love the freaking drama dude like that that's what i'm here for no, I you're think here for this, a moment Sheena. Dude, let's get it right <laughs> you preach and and jay ta- jay pinning roman was a freaking was. moment dude it was like it was. the it was the moment yeah the so, whole crowd the, singing singing the uso song afterwards exactly dude, everybody dude it was so hype. I was so, I got freaking goosebumps seeing the whole crowd. And we didn't even talk about the the crowd real quick, but I'm gonna say I got goosebumps hearing the whole crowd seeing day one ish. And that, that freaking awesome. UK crowd was oh, they were out of control, were man. Like they were so, they, they made the event so much more fun just being freaking wilding out, dude. Two things about Love. two things I'm gonna say about the crowd. Like between this and the Puerto Rico crowd, like yeah, it, stop, it stop made, doing pay-per-views it, in America. It, yeah. made no those pay-per-views, America. it made those pay-per-views feel 10 times bigger than they actually 100%. were to me. 100%. One that, dude, that was like 25,000 people or whatever they had at the pay-per-view on Saturday. Dude, AEW's going to have 80,000 people in a in an arena. That's crazy. Okay. Dude, that yeah. crowd is going to be so loud. Like. Well, watching that on Saturday kind of got me excited for that because I was like, "Holy shit!" It's gonna be like four times the amount of people. I know how how sick watch, would it be uh, to go to that to go to the upcoming uh, you know quote unquote mania that's gonna be there. Dude. I know what how you're gonna awesome tell me to go. Be? I know what you're gonna tell me to go back and watch SummerSlam, but dude, SummerSlam '92. Yeah. The, the, I know, but the thing is, dude, they have so many more mics and stuff around the arena that just pick oh, yeah. up crowd yeah, noise. Yeah, it's gonna sound even better now. But yeah. that crowd was lit even at SummerSlam '92. Yeah. Yeah. Man, listen to that pop when the bulldog. Uh, pins Brett. It's insane. You got the people with the air horns and stuff going off in the stands. I, I hope yeah. they really kind of drop some of the restrictions and just let them go full like soccer hooligans, you know, bring whatever noisemakers and stuff yeah. they want into oh. the building. And it just needs to be rowdy as fuck, especially if we're going to end up getting this like Sting versus Chris Jericho, like career versus career match. Dude. Good, like, oh, it's got to be wild. Yeah. All right. And that was our last match for Money in the Bank. What? Uh, I think you're asking about the. Uh, WrestleMania in London, oh, yeah. John yeah. Cena coming out. Yeah, oh yeah, John. I'm so down for I, it, I forgot man. to I forgot to yeah mention that John Cena came out and you know there were the, uh, it's definitely a work if I'm you know and I, yeah. I easily get worked but they're like oh you know we don't know Triple H is pretending like John Cena kind of went out there and went unscripted but I think they're definitely answering definitely AEW's call yeah. that they went out and like just like sold out freaking tickets like you know hand over fist and um you know now that's WWE's. what I said I don't know why they didn't do Money in the Bank in a stadium man you know what mm-hmm. I mean I mean they saw how successful Clash at the Castle was last year and Money in the Bank's a, a way bigger brand than 
Clash of the Castle was basically like you know like Great Balls of Fire mm-hmm. or something like that. It was just a made up pay per view. Yeah. It yeah. one off. I'm I sure think- the I'm sure the the stage build and all that kind of stuff has a has a huge um, impact on what you know whether they do the arena show or. The, a stadium show, you know what I mean? Did the Ultimate like, Warrior just run in on the uh, yeah. pod? Marco, you all right? Dude? Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Maybe that's why he, dro- he dropped out. Yeah. <laughs> this next segment is brought to you by Flonade. <laughs> he, he, he caught the cat scratch fever, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I I think they're probably just um, working out the logistics if they can, because I don't think, Dude, Mark, sorry. Mute the mic, bro. You're about to blow our freaking uh, headphones out over here, dude. The, um, uh, yeah, I think they're just working out the logistics because I don't think they have an official follow up after the Philly show. So if they yeah. can make it happen next year, uh, that'd be pretty cool, man. I'd love to, I, unless I win the lottery between now and then, I don't think I'm going to drop all the cash. You take the travel over for that. It, it'd be awesome to travel and it go to that show. Awesome. And either way, I'm looking forward to having like an afternoon WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I love I love daytime wrestling. All right, um, that about does it for Money in the Bank. We will go final. Uh, we'll, we'll go letter grades. Uh, I think I'd give it a B this year. I was for the most part, I was pretty entertained by everything, even though there wasn't you know aside from the main event, there was nothing truly groundbreaking. Yeah, I give it a B plus. Um, like you said, there was nothing. There was nothing offensive on the show. I don't think, but it was uh, a lot of the stuff was just forgettable. But we're you're. It gets a high rate for me just because of the freaking Civil War match. Like, that was so dope. Yeah, I'd go a B as well. I, I thought it was a great show. Um, definitely entertained from start to finish. So, yeah, it was a good show. And the crowd made the whole show, so. Oh, epic crowd, dude. So, if you were over there and you went to the event and you uh, you did that, pre- uh, claps to you, dude, because that was epic. All right, uh, and just a real quick hitter. It looks like from SmackDown tonight, we're going to be getting Jay versus Roman at SummerSlam. We'll go around the horn. Sheena, what is your prediction for that match off a of, off of first look? I think I think Roman is – I think Roman's still going to beat him, dude. I mean, as much as I love Jay, I love this momentum. I would love the moment of Jay freaking pinning Roman again. I feel like this was Jay's moment. This was like this Money in the Bank moment. Like this was his mountaintop, and uh, I feel like – we're not gonna we're not gonna see it again, dude. He's he's gonna get beat by Roman. Jordan. Yeah. As much as I think that it would be like one of the coolest crowd reactions ever if Jay won, I just I, dude, I just I don't think it's gonna be Jay Uso that takes it off. It would be poetic, it would be storytelling mm-hmm. at its finest, but I j I just do not see them taking it off him right now. I mean like, what is Jay going to do? Hold the belt for a month, then lose it again? I know. It, it that's makes that, it that's my thoughts at that point. Yeah, that's my thoughts, dude. Marco? Um, I'm going to go opposite. I think Jay's winning. Um, I think he you know, he already pinned him, obviously. But the next time he pins him, it's going to mean something even more. And that's going to take it away. They already, they already kind of – I think they're kind of giving you the preview of what it's going to look like. They You know, they put the – uh, what is it called? The, the Ulafala. Ulafala on the Ulafala. Um, mm-hmm. They had like Roman bow down to that. I think they try to kind of like plant those seeds. Like this, this could be happening again at some point. That's why, you know, Roman ruined it yeah. with the low blow. I mean, they, they, um, they put a lot of emphasis that it would be so cool to see that and see you know, Jay walking around with the Ulafala dude, because I mean, they, Roman got the Ulafala from the wild Samoans the night that he beat Jay at hell in yeah. a cell. They, they crowned him the tribal yeah. chief and gave him that, um, that Fala. And, yeah. uh, I, I think the storyline is going to be, it, you know, Jimmy, obviously I think Jimmy's going to be away until SummerSlam. And I think he's going to be the one to help Jay win. 
that's what's going to happen. I don't think you'll see. Jimmy I can on see. TV. I can see Jimmy. I can see Jimmy taking a break. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just kind of like on, going off yeah. TV until after SummerSlam. It's all solo, not solo Sokoa, but you know, Jay kind of said it like, you yeah. know, I'm all by myself now. You took my brother away from me. You know, and now I'm coming for you. So I think obviously that that feel good moment, that moment that Sheena loves, Jimmy's going to come yeah. running down. It would, it would be cool. I was ho- I was hopeful for Sammy. I didn't, you know, I, 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 there was the same kind of energy and the same kind of like, you know, he's got all the the wind at his back, but I, it, they didn't let Sammy do it, you know. Yeah. I mean, granted, Jay's, Jay's not Sammy, but um, I still just don't see them dethrone, dethroning Roman unless it's somebody that they see carrying the title for the foreseeable and, future. And they're doing trial yeah. by combat. Uh, so like, Dude, I, yeah, we, my we game better not get Mountain and Viper. And- <laughs> Dude, I was just thinking that. I was like, yeah, he would pop his eyeballs out, you know, and <laughs> crush his skull like a grape. I, uh, I hate to say it as much as I'd love to see it. I, I think you're on an island on this one, Marco. I, I got to agree. I think, I think Roman wins. And I'll even double down. I think he's going to win clean, man. I think this is where we get mm-hmm. a uh, a reestablishment of Roman yeah. as you know the final boss of WWE. I think he gets a, a hard fought, clean win against Jay, and that kind of you know power his sales to WrestleMania. Now, I'll throw it out there. I think Jay could totally lose this match and come back and win the Rumble or win Elimination Chamber and face Roman again at WrestleMania. I think I think it's still I think he's still going to be in the running between him. Cody and Seth Rollins to be one of the three guys to face Roman at WrestleMania next year. But I just don't see it happening. I know this sounds like nonsensical, but I feel I would have more confidence in it if he hadn't pinned Roman at money in the bank. The, yeah. the fact that he, yeah. like Sheena said, the fact he just pinned him at money in the bank makes me feel like less confident that he's going to gonna pin him at SummerSlam. I think, yeah. I think Gunther's in the running for the Roman match too, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that he's, he's got, so he's got the hardcores one over. I think he's got a little bit of work to do with the casual fans, but that would be cool. And, and that would definitely be a different route. Cause you know, yeah, Cody's got to quote unquote, finish the story, but uh, he's already established. He's bulletproof. We know Seth Rollins has already won the world championship at WrestleMania twice, man. Yeah. Like he's already more than established. And Jay, Jay is Jay. Like Jay doesn't, yeah. his career is what it is, man. I don't, I don't think winning a world championship is going to elevate his legacy anymore than already is with all the tag team success he's had. So yeah, that, that's a great point, dude. Um, I think they got a little bit of work to do to get there, but Gunther and Roman would be really, really cool. Yeah, and I think that's a good shot that you made about him winning clean to just kind of reestablish him because we have seen a softer side of Roman this past like few weeks where he's, you know, he's saying he doesn't need the bloodline, but he wants them, you know, and he's kind of like, you know, broken down, even though he's ultimately like turned back to himself. I mean, he gave Jay the low blow tonight, and then when he hugged hugged Jay or I can't remember if it was Jay or Jimmy, he said, you know, no. I, you know, you always see like a softer side. So I think he needs to just go back full freaking, you know, tyrant and uh, reestablish himself as like the tribal chief. I don't want him, I don't want him to go tyrant. I want him to just go manipulator. I, I'm, I'm hoping my wish is that because I love the bloodline more than anything, dude. I, my wish is he beats Jay clean and the next night on Raw, he goes Bret Hart the night after WrestleMania 13. Yeah. <laughs> brings him in again. You see what Jay, they do to us? Jay, I need you. Jimmy, yeah. I need you. You see what these people are doing to us? Yeah, they've broken they up us, our family. Yeah, they got us turned against each other. <laughs> and you, can you see then, Jay like crying like Owen? Yeah. You know, doing that. And then they get the group hug and Roman just looks up at the camera and smiles, man. Yeah. But no, I think we're definitely towards the... I, I, I think he wins at SummerSlam and it kicks off the, the final chapter of the uh, of Roman's reign. Yeah, I agreed. Well, All right, uh, let's do the beverage break.
All right, Cindy, you can get us kicked off. Tell us what you are sipping on so, while we pod this milk. week. So I, I got myself a uh, fully loaded Red Bull. You know, I got some I got some Red Bull pumping through my veins. She's along still with, not back on alcohol, but I at least got her with some some caffeine. Along with the antibiotics, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to give myself some wings. I had a, a, long, a long night last night, um, and uh, so I'm trying to pump myself up and... Not only is she drinking a, a Red Bull, she's also snacking on a caffeine bar. <laughs> and and she's got a saucer of raw milk next to her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I am drinking on the recommendation of Jordan a Bush Light Peach. Oh, this yeah. is excellent, man. I was I was a little bit skeptical. I tried the Bush Light Apple that they released, I want to say around this time last year, man. And it was decent, but I could I'd be totally fine ever drinking it again. I'm definitely going to seek this out and try to get a stockpile because it is a limited time, uh, you know, offering. So hopefully it's I, I know it's got a, lo- a lot of buzz going nationwide. So hopefully it, it sticks around. Wow. <laughs> hopefully the sales are good enough to where they say, you know, just just wipe the uh, the limited edition off the can and just keep it around full time. I did taste really this. I, you, you poured one the other day and I tasted it and it's good. It's really good. I feel like it's like. It, it is what I wanted the Simply Spiked Peaches to be because yep. those were, they were good, but they were like just a little bit NWO2 sweet for me, man. Yeah, so they, a little I bit, like a little bit heavy perfect. handed on the, the peach syrup or whatever they, whatever they used in the. Yeah, this, def, this Bush Light Peach, it's not a peach drink. It's definitely Bush Light with just a little bit of peach, you want a peach flavor essence. to it. Yeah, you yeah. just want it to be like a nice, crisp, fresh peach essence. Love the peaches. Hey, you should. I love the peaches. peaches <laughs> I, got, I got like, peaches, uh, I, yeah, I got like six bags of peaches at the farmer's market the other day. You should have cut you a slice and threw it in the, uh, in the brew, dude. Where are we at on that one? I that know. Been awesome. My bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Jordan, what are you drinking? Um, so I picked up a 12 pack of not the ones we tried, the new Mountain Dew hards. Um, Oh, they got new H-A-R-D. formula? No, they got new <laughs> flavors. These ones oh. are better than the first ones. Though, I'll say that. I've I've only tried so far the pineapple and the mango, and they were both pretty damn good. So that sounds good. I just dude, I don't aren't know. they artificially sweetened they, though? Well, aren't yeah, they yeah, like, well, yeah, they're like they're not even like so like you know primes like artificially sweetened, but it's still like pretty sweet. Tastes good. These are like they taste almost like diet rights or something like that, dude. Yeah, like, they're I don't like, I don't mess with artificial. I feel sweeteners. like if you're already drinking, man, might as well juice it up. Like that's why the simply it's Mountain Dew. That's the thing. Like, I know, you know Mountain dude. Dew drinkers. I mean, they don't give a shit about sugar, dude. You know hard I mean? hard Mountain Dew like in. Like in my vision, that sounds like the perfect drink to me, man. I was so disappointed by those, dude. Like a, a, an I mean, alcoholic I, Baja Blast. That sounds fucking amazing. Dude. I feel like though they they could give you both. Like they could give you the yeah, um, give you two give you yeah. the diet. You like diet I mean, they do Dew. diet Mountain Dew. You can do diet Mountain Dew hard, and then you know regular Mountain Dew hard. Yeah, Jordan, get on that, dude. You got any? You got any contacts at Mountain Dew at Pepsi? We know we need to get. Uh, we got all kinds of friends. At Dougie Nunya. Dougie, Dougie Nunya. He's he's hard in the freaking Mountain Dew game, dude. Dougie, hit up hit up somebody at corporate and yeah, tell see them what's to, going on with these hard Mountain Dews, man. Yeah, get us some freaking high fructose corn syrup. And but the shit. new the new batch, you do like it better than the originals? Yeah, I think these are good so far. I've, like I said, I've had two of them. One of them's the Baja Blast that we've already tried. Then the other one's a Baja Blast Peach or Punch. So. I enjoyed the. There was Code Red was in the original ones, right? Yeah, Code Red, Watermelon. Yeah. Uh, I think it was regular Mountain Dew and Mountain Baja Dew. Blast. Yep. I yep. want to say. Yep. Yeah, the the Code Red was pretty good. That was the only one I really liked. The other ones now. I mean, don't get me wrong; they were fine. I still drank them, but that was that was definitely let down by them for mm-hmm. sure. All right, Marco, what are you drinking, man? Uh, keeping it pretty light with a uh, Broken Skull American Lager, just. Uh, just wind the night down nice. from a 
from a not a heavy night of drinking, but you don't want to keep the IPAs flowing. I was drinking a few earlier, That's so right. you want to, you'll break up the monotony, as they say. Exactly. All right, let's get into the figure four. All right, it's time for the figure four where we catch you guys up on the latest and greatest in wrestling figure news. I want to remind you this segment is brought to you by Ringside Collectibles. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your figure purchases. So we will kick it off with a live review of the brand spanking new Elite 104. So Sheena's got all the figures here already unboxed, bagged up. We've been checking them out. We are going to get uh, Sheena's thoughts. So fellas, just feel free to chime in. If, if you want to at any point, All but right. um, we'll kick it off with the Drew McIntyre. Yeah. So the Drew McIntyre looks really nice. It's just your standard uh, Drew in the kilt with the sword. Um, you know, it's if you're if you're a completionist on Drew McIntyre, obviously you got to get it. Um, but if you don't have a Drew in your collection, this is a totally acceptable Drew to have as your your main Drew. Yeah, you could probably go and grab like top picks Drew from last year for a lot cheaper. Um, wouldn't be nearly yeah as as uh big of a deal uh or you know as big of a price yeah uh let's talk about solo sokoa so brett was super stoked to get this one um in the mail like we opened the we opened the box from ringside and uh he we, we were like look who we got brett and he was like solo he's got the we the ones um we the one shirt he's got the the towel that you know it goes over the head He's missing the spike thumb though, which I think is a um, a huge, huge miss. He's got the acknowledge finger. The cool thing about this, <laughs> the cool fingering thing, and fingering. Yeah, the cool thing about this is he's got the uh, one piece stretchy shirt. It doesn't have any Velcro, so you got the little um, you know acknowledge finger on the back. Well, they had to give us this great shirt because they made Solo way too skinny. Yeah, dude. he's yeah, he looks like Jay and Jimmy. Dude. He's got like he doesn't look like Jay and Jimmy. He's got like the Daniel Bryan torso, man. He's like, I don't know why they made him this slim. Have you guys seen the pictures of, of the solo figure with his shirt off? Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a, not good. a fan. They should, I mean, he's not quite as big as Umaga, but they would have been a lot better off giving him uh, the Umaga torso, man. Like, you know, between the the missing spike finger and the the torso, I think we're definitely going to get a, a updated solo sooner rather than later. But still, it, it is a cool figure. And if you leave the shirt on him, it, it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Take your shirt off. <laughs> yeah, George he, Classic chant. Yeah, he needs more of like a Kevin Owens like body style, right? When you yeah. think. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got a new AJ Styles with red gear. Um yeah, I got AJ on the side with the He's Japanese. He's got an updated print. torso too. So they, they finally gave AJ a little bit of a ripped torso. He's always had like that kind of undefined torso and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's an it's a new build for AJ. So I think uh he's got the poly pocket style shirt, which kind of sucks. But yeah. other than that, I think it's one of the best AJ figures they've done. Yeah, the shirt's really cool, but yeah, if it was a soft good shirt, it would definitely take this figure up a notch. He's got the two sweet hands and then just like an open hand. Yeah. Good good AJ figure. Next up we have Dakota Kai. This looks awesome. I, I really, really like this figure. Um, don't really love the expression on the face, but I mean, it's, it is what it is, but the gear looks phenomenal. It's like, very per- toyetic. yeah, very toyetic. It's got a lot of like, you know, individual like sculpting and stuff like the little chains coming down off the belt. The belt is like sculpted. Does it come off the belt? No. Okay. It's just, it's just a one piece belt. 
Um, lots of purple paint. I, I think it just looks great. The hair looks super cool too. Like she's got like the double braids, the blonde and the purple into the black hair down the side. Great looking figure. Her facial. They got a weird. Go ahead, Jordan. Her facial expression looks like somebody shitting in her suitcase right now. <laughs> it is a weird facial expression, dude. If I had one, yeah, that's she. Yeah, she's like disgusted looking at something. Yeah. Like she can't believe it. And there's a weird packaging botch that her picture on the front of the box and on the side of it, she's holding the women's tag team belt, but they didn't include the belt in the package. So that's mm. kind of a yeah a weird thing for uh, for Mattel to do. Not that I was like dying to get another women's tag belt, but I just thought that was kind of weird. Um, also, who was it last week that we were talking about that has this same leg situation? They've really got to figure out the tights situation for the ladies because it's either like just give us the regular skin tone for the legs or figure out how to do the tights where it doesn't look like she's got it like was a Liv brown Morgan. skin. Yeah, Liv, Liv Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. Liv Morgan had the same thing going on. Yeah, the, it's like the brown. The she's got brown like, legs. Yeah, doo doo brown legs. Why'd they give her Bobby Lashley's legs? Yeah, it's, oh my it's, God. it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't look right, dude. Like you can just tell it's, it doesn't look like it has any texture to it or anything. So Mattel, I mean, I, I would prefer like, if, even if she does wear the tights or whatever, I would prefer it just to be skin tone legs. Yeah, it would look a lot better. But, Cause that just looks weird. That just yeah. brings questions. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next up we have Braun Breaker. Super cool gear. Got, first, first elite. Yeah. His first elite, um, got the pink and black, which you know is always, always a winning colorway. Got the numbers all over. What's the significance of the numbers? It was his dad, Rick Steiner, had this weird singlet back in the day. It just had numbers written all over it. I don't, did, did either one of you guys know? Is there ever an explanation for why Rick Steiner had that numbers? Fucking yeah. Steiner math. Steiner bro. math. Yeah. The numbers yeah. don't lie. Steiner math. The numbers don't so it was lie. Just an, that's right, that's it was just an thing. homage to uh, <laughs> to Rick Steiner. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. As soon as as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, Steiner math. <laughs> that was my first numbers reaction. Thirty three and a third. Yeah. Um. Great looking figure. Glad to have Braun Breaker as a, as an elite. Um, and it was the first, I'm not going to say it was the first NXT 2.0 championship, but it was the first attempt at an NXT 2.0 championship. So they got the, uh, it's the regular, it's the same NXT belt they've been using, but it's just got a few hits of like red and blue, just kind of, uh, kind of haphazardly thrown on there. But yeah, I would, my review on this one, I would say they tried, but the belt, if you, do they not, tried. yeah, <laughs> if you're, if you're a hardcore NXT 2.0 mark, do not get this figure just for uh, just just for that belt because it's a little bit of a miss. Hmm. That's that's going to be a tricky belt to execute in figure yeah. form, anyways, because it's hmm. such a unique belt. The way they got the yeah. the I don't even know what you would call that effect, but that like weird color fade that they have going on. Um, it, I think it's going to take somebody like Forbidden Figurines or our buddy Dan Turnquist to to pull that one off. I think, yeah, I, I'm surprised with like the the legs. They haven't figured out like the pinless legs yet. Um, yeah, because they stick out, especially on Braun. Dude, there's, there's the, the pinholes are freaking huge. Yeah, man. it looks like he's had like you know major I, surgery. I don't gotta have a huge problem with that. I'm not the the pinless stuff's not a big deal to me. I feel like I don't notice it until somebody mentions it. But then if somebody brings it up, it's like all I can see. Yeah. Like I feel like on the AEW figures, the pins are like gigantic, dude. Yeah. It's like freaking like twenty point screws and shit. Well, yeah, even on like I, the on the on the Supreme ones, there's no pins on any of the like the arms or the legs, which is pretty cool. Actually, you know for the for the, I think yeah, for the lights for the dudes anyway. I don't think the Britt Baker has uh has pins on it, but yeah, I just started noticing it because because of the uh, the Bray Wyatt that they did a while back with the with the the Huskus figure. Like he yeah. has no, it's mm-hmm. all pinless. Like his legs, he doesn't have pins on his legs or on his arms. So I've wondered mm-hmm. why they didn't do that 
going forward. It was just like a one-off thing. Maybe it would, maybe they realized that it wasn't didn't work. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't cost effective yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I told I, you guys my ultimate vision for the future of figures, right? A, a thin layer of latex yeah. over the whole like exoskeleton, mm-hmm. and so you see, you see the articulation's all there, but you don't see any pins or joints or anything, man. Mm-hmm. One thing I've mentioned this before, and it does kind of irritate me a little bit. Like I know Braun Breaker had a basic figure, so that was his first time in the line. But dude, I think when you get your first elite, it should always say first time in the line. It kind of yeah, annoys agreed, me a little. Agreed. Yeah. I, I was annoyed, but I was actually looking for that on the box because they're sometimes they play kind of fast and loose. There's been times where it is somebody's first time figuring they don't have it. And I've seen a couple times where they will do that. Even if they had a basic, they'll put the first time on the line, the elite. They should just treat elites and basics as two separate lines, man. Exactly. And then you could have two different, like, you know, quote unquote rookie figures for folks. They could have their first basic mm-hmm. and their first elite, yeah. man. But yeah, that, that that would be cool, especially for an MLC collector, man. I just feel like that'd make them, you know, because I've, I've always thought if I was going to like, it, you know, really, really pare down my collection, like if I'm totally just going to cash in, um, you know, and Jordan's not there to talk me out the ledge on it. I've, I've thought about two options. One, going back and just getting every Bret Hart figure ever across all lines or two, just getting every first time in the line of somebody, you know, and I'm such I'm so OCD. If it didn't have that first time in the line on the box, yeah. I'm not I'm not fucking with it. Mm hmm. Well, speaking of first time in the line, we got uh, Rick Steiner. Bronze Daddy. Bronze Daddy. That's Bronze um, Daddy. Dude, this figure, like, is, I think it's awesome, man. Like, there's so many graphics and stuff on the boots. It's like, from it's the like, most for pug Rick Steiner era. His, yeah. Like, late WC, late era WCW but singles, the but it's somehow dope, his, most to- it's his most toyetic look. Dude. Yeah. The boots, like, they say, dead or alive, bite me. They have, like, multiple flames. He's got, flame he's got bite me on the back of his singlet. If you don't like me, bite me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's got a, you know, English bulldog. It says dog face gremlin he's on the back. English bulldogs on the shoulders. English of his bulldogs, like, silver English bulldog gargoyle style, like, sitting on his shoulder. Shoulders. comes with the removable gold glasses the headband um a poly pocket style jacket which i think actually works in this case i can't imagine them executing this in a soft goods yeah it's fine and, i'll give him a pass on it yeah and the dog collar um dude this is just like the figure's toyetic like Seth said it's just super toyetic uh, regardless of what you think about the gimmick but yeah first time in line rick steiner another classic mattel just like with the solo sokoa they didn't give us the the good torso didn't give us the the spike thumb. This obviously isn't the Rick Steiner anybody's want. We we want like you know early '90s Steiner Brothers tag team, yeah. but it's still a really cool figure. And you know, ho- I'm hoping San Diego Comic Con maybe we see some uh, some University of Michigan Steiner Brothers. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, we got the customs, but yeah, to have them first time in line would be awesome. Yeah. And All right, that so is she, your Elite 104 wrap up. What's your uh, what's your MVP of this set? Um. <sighs> I still gotta go with solo, even with all the problems. Yeah, when, when you put with the shirt on, the towel on his head, the solo looks sick. And he's such a missing piece in the collection right now. I feel like, yeah, we just need this, Bloodline Sammy now. Yeah, Bloodline Sammy, and uh, that'd be awesome. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with solo too. All right, let's pivot to San Diego Comic Con. We'll go around the horn. Everybody, pick what is their most wanted figure reveal for San Diego Comic Con. Jordan, you can go first. Um. No Trish Stratus is allowed. <laughs> I, I dude, I, I'm gonna keep asking for these. I, I want a set of headbangers figures really bad. Like that that's probably my most wanted right now. I really want those figures. Yeah, we know they signed the contract. I think we could see renders, man. I just think it's probably a little too early. Uh, Mattel surprises sometimes, man, but I think it's probably a little too early in the game to see actual figures. But 
I think we could totally see renders of, of Mosh and Thrasher. I, I, you, are you thinking Legends line or are you thinking regular Elite line? Mm, I would prefer if they were in the regular Elite line because I don't know if I really consider the Headbangers Legends. I mean, I know that's True. what they technically are, but dude, imagine Ultimate Edition Headbangers. That'd be awesome, dude. You give them like a... like. And and if if they went all out and actually got like uh, you know two or three licensed band like t shirts yes. and stuff to throw in there, dude, cloths like some cloth skirts, like yeah, that would be sick, man. Um, Sheena, what's your most wanted San Diego Comic Con reveal? Uh, unlikely, but since I can't say the Gooker anymore, that used to be my like go to. I would mm-hmm. say I'm gonna hang. I'm you know holding out for a gobbledy Gooker figure, but you know that's coming gone. I'm gonna hold out for a Luna Vachon figure. I'm just putting that out in the universe. Which one? I feel like I think just like straight up like black gear and like tattoos on the head. Like so like the, the stand, like when she was managing Shawn Michaels yeah. and Bam Bam. You don't want yeah. her when she was managing the artist formerly known as Gold Dust <laughs> or the oddities. No. Yeah. No, no, I want just like you know, <laughs> artist formerly known as Gold traditional Dust. signature Luna Vachon. I uh similar to you, something I'll keep banging the drum on until it happens. I want Captain Lou and Cindy Lopper. I was gonna say Cindy Lopper. I knew I, you were gonna say you know, Captain Lou. We don't want to get into the spoilers on here, but they uh the we know they're not gonna be the San Diego Comic Con exclusive womp, this year like we were womp. hoping for. But maybe they could still maybe they could still come out, man. So yeah, I really want the uh the Captain Lou and Cindy Lopper. How about you, Marco? What are you hoping for? Uh hopefully they they I mean uh, there's two that I want. I want the you know, continue the tradition of our of our Hogan movies and go Suburban Commando, possibly ultimate. Chef Ramsey, yeah, all, ultimate edition maybe. Um, but the one I do want, um, which they probably can do, but I'm not sure what the licensing would be like. LT and Bam Bam Bigelow, dude, ultimate edition two pack, WrestleMania yeah. eleven, dude. That'd be cool. That'd be real cool. I feel like we don't even really need the Bam Bam man. I'd be cool to just get the LT. Yeah. You know, what I mean, Bam Bam, we've kind of already got him for the most part, but yeah, LT. WrestleMania 11 would be really, really neat. Um, all right. You guys had anything cool to the collection this week? Mm, uh, I mean, I'm no. working on, so I'm working on getting that, that Logan ball. That's what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> willing to deal with right it. Right you guys, all the prime vibes out in the universe. Uh, I hope you guys. I mean, I've been, I've been mid discussion. We'll say with, with some, with some folks, some, some trade deals will possibly be happening. Close that, that, that deal. Close yeah, that deal. That's, that's my thing. Not, not to uh, not to twist the knife, but my one cool like figure purchase I wanted to share for this week um, has to deal with the Logan Paul figure. Our buddy on Instagram, Curb Stomp City Decals, hooked us up with some actual little stickers uh, decal, to put yeah. on the. Um, these are stickers, the not necklace. even decals, so they're super easy. You can order them from him right yeah. now. Don't feel like you have to have any. They're not the water decals where you gotta put them in a drop of water and pin them on like yeah. a, you know, a fancy rub on tattoo. Like these are straight up and then do seal them. These are straight up just stickers, man. Like all you mm-hmm. gotta do is cut it out and then, um, you know, play. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not good at this kind of thing at all. And I was able to, uh, to execute it and get it on there. Right. And it just really, it really completes the figure, man. Like it, it does. Like yeah, I, remember I, how we said it was like kind of a glaring, it just like looks so, cause they didn't even make it like gold or like put any sort of like detailing on it at all. It make it a fake Pokemon yeah, card. Exactly. It yeah. Was they just would have been like better off just not even including that, that mm-hmm. necklace, but the fact that it was there, you had to put something there. So hit up curb stomp city decals, get that. And it's going to take an already amazing figure and make it perfect. I would, I would say, uh, sorry to all the MOC collectors, but you guys aren't going to see it anyway. So true. 
Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Still got it. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan. You, that my offer, you know, expired today. We threw that empty box into the uh, the dumpster, man. So <sighs> that's you know, hope you weren't having any second thoughts about getting that shipped out to you. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> All right, let's get into our retro wrestling recommendation of the week. All right, the um, Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week is brought to you by our buddies over at Chalkline. Use code Chick Foley to save... Marco, <laughs> sorry, mute the mic, bro. <laughs> apologies to the listeners. Right? Yeah, I thought it was, apologies, I thought it was apologies for all the snot bombs. Marco yeah. is turning heel, and you got to appreciate sure, So if, you, if you're driving like, you know, any economy <laughs> level vehicle, you, your freaking speakers were just blown out. <laughs> yeah, and, and apologies to Chalkline for that offensive yeah, sorry, interruption. Sorry about that, Chalkline. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Use code Chick Foley on all of your chalk line purchases. And as always, we have to kick off the retro retro wrestling recommendation of the week by asking the heel husband, which of his 60 pair of chalk line shorts he is wearing for tonight's episode. So heel husband, what you got today? I am uh, representing the natural rocking the shorts of the artist known as gold dust. Or if you're Marco, Gold dust. Hey, I got speaking of chocolate, I got my I got my Atlanta Falcon shorts in today and they are mage. Nice. nice dude. Yeah, I'm loving the NFL shorts. They 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 hit up me and Sheena and let us know the Tennessee Titan shorts are on the way soon. But uh that's dude, I'm just so proud of them getting that the Marvel and NFL license this summer. How I mean, that's cool, such a man. come up, dude. I mean, obviously Getting the WWE license is a really big deal, dude. But the fact that they've grown from just straight up a couple guys starting this company back up in New Jersey, and now they're getting the licenses of literally the biggest brands in the world, man. Yeah, it's dude, awesome. Getting to see. this thing back on the ground, like you said, like back in the you know '80s and stuff like that. Chalkline had a had a big presence in the jacket game and such. But like this was like a grassroots operation. To get yeah, this it thing wasn't off like the, the old company came back. Yes. It was literally just some guys bought the trademarks to the brand name yes. and built it back up from the ground up. Yeah, and you know, I, I am very very proud to say that we have been on board with Chalkline since day one ish. They came back with their WWE jackets, and we were like, oh crap, like this is awesome. And we were already collecting the vintage NFL jackets um, at that time. And so, you know, we were still following Chalkline when they kind of got back in the game and they, they hit us with those NFL, or those first set of WWE jackets. And, and they've been uh, huge supporters of this show. Oh, yeah. Chalkline, yeah. Chalkline has been nothing custom but jackets. They supportive. did that batch of custom shorts that we got out. Jordan, yeah. you remember doing the... Uh, Sit up the assembly line in the living room. Speaking of grassroots, yeah. I do. I remember uh, uh, Remember, I was like, hey, I'll bring the printer down to the living room so we can watch WWE Network while we do this. (laughs) (laughs) We shipped out like 40 pair of freaking shorts that night. We folded them up and stuffed them in envelopes. One was printing, one person was folding, one person was stuffing. Stuffing. (laughs) Yeah, lots of of beers were drank that night. Lots of wrestling was watched and all of your orders were, were packed with love. So shout out to all the people out there that got those super, super limited stock of uh the chalk line chick foley show logo shorts because yeah those are those are awesome very proud of those oh and so i guess we're gonna go ahead and host the the retro wrestling (laughs) recommendation segment so i'm gonna kick it off uh seth what is your retro wrestling recommendation of the week it's the easiest pick i'm hoping not stealing jordan marcos man but uh 27 years ago today we found out who the third man was at Bash at the Beach 1996. Hulk Hogan came out and uh, turned heel. We're recording this on Friday night, July 7th, and it was July 7th, 1996, that uh, 
you know, probably the biggest heel turn in the history of wrestling happened when Hulk Hogan came out and joined up with Scott. Yeah, Hall didn't and Kevin you say Nash. your grandpa was like one of the few people in the my world? Grandpa, that, my uh, great grandpa, Papa Clyde, he had called it, and we told him he was full of shit. We we're like, you know, go go to bed, grandpa, you're drunk. But uh, <laughs> it's sure enough, dude, it was it ended up being Hulk Hogan, man. And if you look at it on paper, that looks like a a one match show. I would ask if you really want to get the full experience, sit down and watch that whole pay per view because. There's not really a bad match on it. There's a lot of good matches, even if they look like they're going to be kind of whatever. It's entertaining WCW, but Tony Schiavone and and Bobby Heenan and Dusty Rhodes did an amazing job throughout the night on commentary, just threading in this storyline, right? Like they were just, they were just dropping in little hints all throughout the night, you know, just building it up to where at the moment it, it got to that main event, you just couldn't wait to see it. And you know, delivered. Yeah, it, it still holds up to this day, man. I, I, I think it's just an uh, absolute excellent piece of uh, of the wrestling business. All right, Marco, what is your retro wrestling recommendation for this week? I think we lost Marco again. He snorted He's himself to death. Probably rushing off to the ER for his freaking <laughs> sinus infection. Dude. Oh, man. I think, uh, Marco, if you can hear us, I think he can hear us. If you can hear us, just jump back in at, at any time. I'm going to go ahead and jump to Jordan. Jordan, what is your wrestler, retro wrestling recommendation for this week? Well, Easy view, sir. being uh-huh. it is uh, Fourth of July week, uh, America week, I'm going to go Great American Bash 2008. Um, the match that really sets this one off is Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels absolute bloodbath of a match uh really good and then uh there's a really good parking lot brawl between cena and jbl so definitely go back and watch this it's a really fun show to watch so yeah in in america yeah i actually i randomly watched this show earlier this year and yeah i agree that uh that Shawn michaels jericho is worth it for the price alone if you're a wrestling figure fan um i want to say zach Ryder and kurt hawkins the major bros i think they win the tag team titles on that show Mm, interesting all right, and if Marco comes back in at any point, we will we'll get his retro wrestling recommendation for this week. Uh, but I think we're going to move on to some listener mail. All right, and perfect segue. Um, talking about the Major Bros, with the Major Pod bringing back the LJN-style figures with Demolition and Marty Jannetty, who would you hope to see added to this line in the future? Barbarian. Jordan? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I just, <laughs> here's, here's my thing with these. Okay. I, I'm not going to go back and collect. They're too fucking expensive. Dude. Yeah. First of all, yes, that, and then you add chases in there. So I have to buy more than one. They're 50 bucks yeah. a piece as it like, Jesus Christ, dude, I don't have $500 to blow on LJNs. Yeah. I mean, so let me just, I'll pop in and I'll, I'll defend them a little bit. I mean, they are smaller batch, so I get, I get the price, dude. I don't, I know nobody's getting rich off these figures. I'm not, I don't think that it's just like a necessarily a price gouging situation. Yeah. Yeah, But it's just like, dude, I think they're, they're also not a charity. So, you know, LJN's a commitment, man. Like I almost feel like if you're going to do that, that kind of needs to be your collection, dude. Yeah. It's just, it's such a financial investment and a space investment too. Cause they're just some big ass figures, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really cool. I love that, the, that they're doing these, but it's just not for me, man. I know I'm going to be kicking myself if I do end up deciding to do LJNs cause yeah. these the, are all the made to order. So be. I don't think there's going to mm-hmm. be, they're so expensive too. I don't think there's going to be a ton of resale, man. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it is cool that, that they're doing them anyways. True, but I think, you know, that that's kind of good, right? There's not enough resale. People aren't going to be jacking up the price to uh, 
Yeah, but it's just you're not going to have any availability. There oh, may be somewhere. Hold, yeah. yeah, I mean, a jack that price is better than no price because there's none for sale. Yeah, you know? yeah. Shout All out right. to Chief J Strongbow. <laughs> oh God, R.I.P. Um, Brian Baker, best relief for sunburn blisters. A I will, cold beer. Yeah, well, a cold beer. I, I think cold I think Brian beer. Straight Edge. I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Um, no, nah, didn't we send him? Uh, we sent him broken skull. Yeah, that's IPA right. Before. You know what? You're Dan right. All the way. He's a, he's at least a little bit of a rough edge. <laughs> he's a, yeah. He's got a little bit of a rough edge to him. Um, the best relief for sunburn blisters. Hang with me because this sounds crazy. Um, if you've done it, you know it works. But soak like if you have a really bad sunburn. Oh God, here we go. Yeah, if you have a really bad sunburn, especially on your butt, no, <laughs> um, then take a uh, take a cloth, a rag or a towel or whatever. Soak it in white vinegar, just cheap old like working class white vinegar. Straight up, you you never been sunburned bad enough to, to care. But if you have a sunburn, and then just lay it across uh, wherever the burn is, it takes the sting out, dude. It feels like it it feels instantly better. So, and also you can keep um, pro tip: you can keep the uh, vinegar in the refrigerator so that when you soak the cloth in the vinegar, it's nice and cool. But that will take the sting out of the burn. Obviously, if you have blisters, you're still going to peel and all of that, but it will take that sting away uh, it does smell like vinegar it does it's a very strong vinegar smell but it's better than sitting there like roasting and being uncomfortable and having your skin on fire it can't be just coincidence that he asked you this question like two weeks after you talked about butthole tanning <laughs> you're gonna say that dude it's so funny somebody uh sambro said is it a taint sunburn yeah <laughs> brian said brian said no it's mainly on my shoulders torso and back shoulders but, torso back and balls, and balls. <laughs> right on yeah. the old sack Okay, so here's here's the deal, guys. If you are doing butthole sunning, don't do it like midday when the when it's like the heat of the day, dude. Do it at like you know a nice golden hour situation or like early in the morning or right before sunset. Don't be out there at freaking you know high noon, freaking sunning your buttholes for hours. I mean, that's, that's when you get the most energy, Sheena. That's, that's true, but you got to be smart about it. You know, you can't be out there just like hanging out with your you know well, heels to, heels to God. I got to do it while my neighbors are at work, so I don't know what you want me to do here. <laughs> You know when you do it at six o'clock, we're right out in the backyard barbecuing. That's right. <laughs> Jordan just over there sunning his butthole. You're gonna hear the lawnmowers going all around, you know, and Jordan's out there, you know, in freaking full dead bug pose. Uh, uh, TNT Tyson El Trevino, what was your summer job during the summer? Jordan, did you ever have a summer gig while oh, you yeah. were growing up? I mowed yards and um the I think when I was I think I was fourteen, I helped uh, my stepdad who um, did a lot of like handyman stuff. I helped him and his boss uh, clear out like a warehouse and knock all the walls down. So I love doing that until I got it. That's cool. Till I put a nail through my arm and had to go get a tetanus shot an hour later. And then I was done with that job. Yikes. Um, I used to like my, you know, my family is a long line of uh, restaurant owners. So I used to wait. Restaurant table, tours. Restaurant, you will. restaurant tours, entrepreneurs, if you will. Um, and I used to wait tables and stuff like that at my aunt's restaurant. So oh, and nanny, I've, I've been a babysitter slash nanny pretty much since day one ish. So, um, yeah, that was always my summer job. What about you, Seth? Worked at Subway one summer. One summer. Yeah. You didn't even make it the whole summer, did you? Didn't you like yeah, last a month? Yeah, because I told them I couldn't work on weekends. And they <laughs> scheduled me on a Saturday one time. And I told them I had to go get something. I was I, I ended up coming in even after I bitch about it. And I worked for like an hour and a half. And I told them I'd go get something out of my car. And I just drove Man. off and left. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's Subway, dude. Who gives a shit? Yeah, true. They do, probably. You know what's funny? It's it's This is literally coming from one of the you know hardest working people that I know. You know? And yeah, that that's... 
pretty funny. Um, I guess you only, you know, take the job as seriously as it is, right? Yeah. Mike Rivera, after a week of Fight Forever, how are you all liking it? It's fun, man. That's what I would say. It's fun. It's not... It's not a bump on WW2K's ass, but it is a ton of fun. Right when the bell rings, it's a blast to play. There's not a ton to do on there though, man. It's just you know, like I said, WW2K19. I played that game for legit five years. I don't see myself playing Fight Forever for you know six months. But I will say this Brett new stadium. Yeah. yeah, my son loves it. This new stadium stampede mode that is about to be debuting here in a couple weeks. If it is half as fun as the previews look. I think that could be a true game changer. That looks like some of the most fun I've ever seen on a wrestling game. And I'm really looking forward to checking that out. Jordan, have you played fight forever yet? Have not. So I'm still kind of waiting to, to for the sale to happen. Cause eventually it's yeah. going to happen. It's not a $70 game, dude. If, if it had been priced at 40 bucks, like how battleground was, it was $70. That's what, that's the cost of PlayStation five and Xbox God. series X games right now. <laughs> if it had, if it had been at the bargain price, like WWE battleground was, I think the reviews would be much more generous, man. But it's it's just not a full game, dude. Like they, you know, we can try to sugarcoat it however we want. It's just not, man. Aren't it, they trying to make in-game purchases? So you pay seventy dollars for the game, and then you're going to have like in-game like upgrades and stuff. Um, the in-game, per- no, nah, it's it's not like a microtransaction beast or nothing like that. There's always add-ons and stuff, and. So we'll see if they I keep their there word was, to it. I thought it. you had mentioned that there was like unlocking new modes and stuff like well, that. Well, so the thing is, they're looking to make this like something similar to like Fortnite or Rocket League or or Grand Theft Auto, where it's um, you know they're not going to have a game every year. Like, hey, you have WWE Two K Twenty Two, Two K Twenty Nineteen, whatever. They're going to have this, and for like the next three years, they're just going to offer updates, man, like new game modes, oh, new okay, packs, but you don't and pay stuff for like them. that. No, you pay for them, oh, okay. but you're not buying a whole new game the next year. Got so, it. Like, okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like they'll be, you know, ma- for instance, they'll do like a Forbidden Door pack next week that has, you know, Okada and Will Ospreay, and you pay for that. But you know, you're going to be able to play with those on your game for the next two, three years. It's not going to be like you're paying for them just until the new game comes out the next year. So, nah, I don't think they're being like egregious with the the microtransactions and add-ons. It's <laughs> just, it, you know, it's just not a full-fledged game, man. It's just not. Johnny JB, did you guys buy fireworks for the fourth or did you watch others blow them up? We went over to a friend's house and they had like this insane, like just obscene amount of fireworks. They spent like 4,200 bucks on them. Yeah. I think, and I think he's, I think he spent, so he said almost five grand, but he said he got like, you know, eight grand's worth of fireworks, seven grand worth of fireworks because he knows. the guy at the store told him. Yeah. The guy, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is like seven grand worth, but I'm going to sell it to you for five because real great shooter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess this guy, um, cause he's a friend of a friend, you know, we met him through our, our neighbors down here that we hang out with often and go swimming and stuff. Um, but he's there, he's, he's there a lot. So we met him through them and they invited us to their 4th of July cookout slash fireworks demo. And, uh, it was, I mean, it was a shitload of fireworks dude. The stuff was going off for like almost two hours. So it was, uh, it was wild, but we didn't buy any this year. What didn't about spend you? Didn't spend one red cent on didn't fireworks. Didn't spend one year. red cent on fireworks this year. What about you, Jordan? So usually I go all out for 4th of July and spend quite a bit of money. For some reason, I just, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it this year. I got Zoe some fireworks on 4th of July for her to light off. But mm-hmm. no, this was uh, this was the first year in probably 10 years that I didn't go all out for 4th of July. Dude, Seth loves fireworks and it. Dude, it's just so expensive now. Like They've last year, we bought like advantage of the inflation. Thing, yeah. Man. Oh, like, yeah. I remember, dude, like like 10 years ago, I remember me and my cousin Taylor, he's a little pyro. 
I remember we went into the fireworks store and I I had like 120 bucks I think and we brought well, I came like, back a, with a shit ton yeah of fireworks, we we had a whole dude. damn fucking Disney World fireworks show man uh, you know it's, it, at least on our level man and nowadays dude like that ain't that's giving you some fucking snakes dude, and last sparklers. year yeah last year you know we were going to our friend's house and we were just like oh we'll go contribute we'll go spend like 150 bucks at the fireworks stand and dude we got like I mean it was like what like 18 shots of something right yeah. like it was and they were little they weren't even like the cannons or anything dude like the we shells. got yeah the shells we got like freaking it was like a hand load of stuff yeah yeah it's you're literally just putting your money up in smoke so i, I mean it's cool dude i enjoy them but you know i'm i'm i think my days of, of buying fireworks are done yeah and i do want to offer some some sage advice um to to all the people out there enjoy the fireworks just watch them with your eyeballs you're never going to go back and watch those fireworks videos on your phone <laughs> nobody else is going to watch them on social media everybody's clicking through that stuff no offense to anybody that posted them or anybody that took videos but i just feel like you would have a better overall experience and memories if you just take it in with your with your own two unless eyes. somebody's doing something cool like sticking a roman candle up their butt or something and firing <laughs> or they're off, like dude. spelling like, your name out and yeah. you know or the, they're the doing fireworks. Something, if somebody's doing something risky then film that shit dude. yeah but if it's just straight up fireworks in the air like nah you're, you're never gonna go back and watch that exactly johnny jb also asked who's your favorite fictional superhero mine's batman specifically 89 batman jordan who's your favorite fictional superhero I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Seth knows who it is. He's he's going to be a dick and say he doesn't, but it's Captain America, specifically Bucky Barnes is Captain America. So, yeah. I'm, I was going to say Captain Planet just because oh of like my, my, my gimmick. Um, but I am going to go with uh, just like a recency bias. I'm going to go with Miles Morales as, as Spider-Man is my new favorite, that, bro. Um, favorite fictional superhero. I dude. love those movies, dude. I, you know, I give Jordan shit all the time for being such a, a Marvel slash superhero, uh, you know, fanboy and stuff, dude. But the, the Spider-Verse movies are just fucking excellent. If you haven't watched those, like, again, I'm not into this shit at all, dude. Those movies are so good, man. The animation's so beautiful. It's a great story. There's a ton of comic book stuff, so it's going to scratch that itch if you want the like comic book sci-fi mm-hmm. stuff. But there's a ton of just heart to the story also, man. Like, yeah. I've never... Um, I don't think I've ever gotten choked up at like a, a animated movie um, before. But that scene in the first one when Miles' dad is at the door of his dorm room talking to him and Miles is like leaning on the door but not answering his dad is just, it's heart-wrenching, man. Oh, yeah. And then the part where, you know, Miles' mom knows something's Boiler going alert. on. Oh, oh, I mean, we're, yeah, you know, it's not anything. The yeah. first one's years old at this point. The second one's been out long enough. Yeah, and the, this part's in the trailer. There's actually a trailer that's like, you know, based off of this this moment that I'm talking about. Miles's mom knows knows something's going on, you know, because Miles is becoming distant and whatever. And she's just talking about how she wants her little boy to always know who he is and where he belongs and all this stuff. And dude, it it brought legit like crocodile tears. And like Seth said, I'm not really into the superhero like universes and stuff like that either, or comic books for that matter. Uh, and yeah, that just like tugged on my heartstrings dude so yeah I, I love i love this series of movies so stoked for the next one and that's really just a testament to how good these these movies are because they can have these like super just like human like relatable moments at the mm-hmm. same time where it's telling you a story of a spider verse where there's like you know yeah thousands of spider-man out there across the universe exactly like, and like there's like you know so many elements of like time travel and dimension travel and like all this stuff dude and it, that doesn't even matter you know like normally yeah. it's like this is so much but Jordan, yeah. you're you're a lot more knowledgeable on this than us, man. Give us your take, dude. Where where do you think the the Spider Verse movies are at in like the pantheon of of superhero movies? Oh, so I, I was just gonna say I, these are two of like probably in my top ten Marvel movies ever made. I, I love these movies. I think 
honestly going in just the fact that it was a cartoon had me intrigued and everything like that but dude the first movie i thought was perfection and i thought the second one was better than the first one honestly so yeah these these movies are phenomenal i know a lot of people don't go watch these movies just because they are like cartoony or some people just don't like superheroes but dude like sheenan says said you don't have to like superheroes to like these movies they're just good movies yeah, and, and on the cartoon thing. The animation style is Yeah, sick, it's dude. not even like your regular cartoon. Yeah. Like, it's like, I mean, dude, not to go sound like so over the top gushing on these, but it's like, it's like art, man. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a unique style. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, again, I'm 38, man. I've seen a shitload of movies. I've seen a shitload of animated movies. I got two kids under five years old. And that's how I got turned on to this first time. Brett kind of like just stumbled across it on Hulu and I was walking by and caught a few minutes of it. And, you know, he was really into it. And I was like, dude, this just looks like a really cool movie. I need to check this out. And we sat down and watched it and it was awesome. So, yeah, I don't think we, we kind of definitely digressed off Johnny's original question. But, uh, yeah, check out the Spider-Verse movies, man. Big fans of those over here. 100%. Where's the uh, the first one streaming? Uh, I think it's with ads. You can get it on Hulu. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I remember we streamed it. We ended up buying it, right? We ended up, yeah, we yeah. just bought it. Um, and then Sambro asked me, how's your time off toxic socials been, Sheena? I don't know if I've mentioned it on here. I didn't mention it on Chick Foley because I've still been checking in with the, the Foley fam group. I actually switched over to the show Facebook and you know still posting on Chick Foley Instagram and stuff. But I took a break off of all of my um, personal socials. It's been nice. Um, I feel like it's just, you know, nothing wrong. I love Instagram, but I just needed a break. You know, it's just becoming a time waster and I have a lot of stuff that I want to do this summer. And sometimes I feel like on social media, you take in so much information that like it kind of just makes you, and I don't know if this is just a me thing, but there's so many things to like learn and do and try and all these hacks and everything. Cause I'm like a gardener and I, you know, have my little homestead and stuff. I feel like sometimes you take in too much information and it causes you just to like do nothing. Right. Because you're like, Oh, well I need to do it this way or I need to try this. So too many choices is the death of choice. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. It was just like paralysis analysis. Um, so it's been really nice. Um, I'm actually going to have to break my, cause I was going to do it for the whole month of July. I was, I'm actually going to have to break my social media hiatus, which is fine. Um, but, Brett, my son, is entered in the U.S. Mullet Championships, so I have to I have to promote that on uh, on my socials. So I don't ask you guys for much. If you're listening to this and you've listened to us for an hour twenty eight, obviously you're our, our loyal. Follow- Be on the lookout this week. Yeah, be on the lookout. I don't you ask gotta you guys reg- for You got to register, which is annoying. I'll admit, I think that's a huge design flaw in the whole thing they got going. Yeah. But I think that's to keep people from just spamming. It's Yeah, it's free registration. And it, it, yeah, it's free and it takes literally less than 40 seconds. But yeah, it would mean the world to Brett. And it's a thousand kids in this and he's trying to get to the number one spot, man. So yeah, uh, yeah all you got to do is just, you know, we'll, we'll send the link out and give the direction stuff. But yeah, just register and vote and you can vote once every day for the uh i think it's only like four or five days the first round yeah and we yeah like i said on this show here we don't ask you for a lot we don't we don't spam you with a bunch of ads or a bunch of promo for shit that we don't use you know we got chalk line ringside, ringside that's who it. are our you know longtime devotees that we've had even you know before the show so um you know i'm just asking if you love us if you like to listen to us this is a cool way to support us because it would mean a lot to us and and our kid and it sounds so stupid because it's a mullet championship but you know, he's sometimes. been growing this thing since the day after Christmas, twenty twenty one. Yeah, so. he's, he's dedication. He's really been working on and it. We've so. asked him a few times, like, "Do you want to cut it?" And he's like, "No, let yeah, it keep going." Exactly. He's he's into the mullet. So anyway, that was a whole sidebar. Um, but yeah, if you haven't ever taken a, a, a social media hiatus, I highly recommend it because it, it is good for your mind, body, and soul. So. I just don't really scroll anymore. I used to scroll a lot on social media and like check stuff out. Like now, I really just po- like I almost honestly use like. 
my Instagram is kind of just like a scrapbook. I just mm-hmm. like go back and like look at stuff like we were doing or, and I keep it as like a little catalog of my beers that I've drank and stuff. So I got yeah. like, uh, I can go back and remember what stuff I've tried and I haven't tried. Uh, and then other than that, you know, Jordan and then my best, my best buddy in Virginia, James, they send me like just depraved memes and, <laughs> and videos and stuff that, that I check out. Dude. That's really the, the extent of my social media year, Jordan laughing. Cause he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Dude. Every time I go on Instagram, I see my little DM thing lit up like, no, there ain't no hotties, no cuties, no nothing sliding my DMS. It's, it's Jordan and, and James Zushi from the, uh, the Facebook group just I can always count on two or three of you know a mix of like usually there's like maybe like one wholesome one in there and then the other ones are just like either comedy or just some of the most depraved shit you've ever seen like <laughs> the one I Jordan, like Jordan today. literally yeah Jordan literally sent me a meme today of a guy trying to ghost ride the whippings of getting his freaking leg run over man so <laughs> oh my God. yeah and that's the kind of shit I just nab. yeah I just oh. casually like stumble upon you know it's forced upon me by these two guys man so <laughs> Yeah, not, yeah. My problem is that yeah, I, I scroll. You're a scroller. I, I'm a scroller. I love to and I love to like look. I love a, per, a, a curated feed. Like I, I really love the aesthetic, you know, aspect of Instagram. Like Ari's nails page. Like Ari's nails page. Yeah. Like I love to look at beautiful photos and you know, like I said, curated stuff. But at, at the end of the I just day, like to see like, the stuff that people are passionate about. That's why her yeah, account struck me so much, man. Exactly. And so nail, nails by Nimi. Any M I. If uh, you know, you're looking for your. Uh, you know, new new fingernail cool. polish. You don't, you don't got to be in the nails. Just check it out. It's it's, it's super interesting. But uh, yeah, anyway. But yeah, if, like I said, take a break from social every once in a while. It's good for you. I'll be back sometime to promote the mullet championship. And then maybe I'll try it again in August. But Sambro also says, trigger warning here. Not sure if you guys know who Andrew Tate is. Do either of you guys know who Andrew Tate is? Yeah. Is he the lawyer that was trying to shut down WWE, Jordan? Uh, no, 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 do so. a quick Google search while I read this. Says, not yeah. sure if you guys know who Andrew Tate is, but if WWE brought him into feud with Logan Paul, I think it would potentially be the biggest viewership gain since the Attitude Era. And Randy Smith um, says, "I'm embarrassed to say I'd watch this with intensity." And I was thinking of Andrew Yang. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It says he's a English social media personality, businessman, and kickboxer. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not familiar enough to answer this one, dude. Yeah, don't. Um, don't have any input on this. Sorry, man. But if anybody else has any input, feel free to send it to us and we'll read it to Sambro next week on the on the pod. Um, he says, another trigger warning. There's always talk about AEW's women division not getting enough story, being neglected, etc. Do you guys think it's more that the majority of the division just isn't ready for spotlight television time? Of course, the top tier like Britt, Tony, etc. are badass, but a lot of them are lower to mid-card talent. Um, just look like they're working in slow motion and missing a lot of spots. Yeah, we've uh, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed this a couple times that they just don't have enough top line people, and that I think that kind of kills the division because you can only suspend disbelief on about five people winning the actual title. So true, and you can only elevate the division to the the top talent of the highest person that you have there, you yeah. know. And I don't think the bar is is very high, and th- and that's not. I'm not trying to like crap on the women's division. I think they have a lot of wonderful talent, but it's just not on the level of like WWE or you know even some of the other promotions that have women's wrestlers. So I think it's just, I think it's the way they're being. Uh, yeah, so it's def- like you guys said, it's definitely a case of like the the sum is somehow less than like the the whole of the parts right you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if you yeah. look at all the talent it should be way better than it is i think it's a mix of the um the way they're presented and also i think the agents man like whoever is helping i don't know if i don't know exactly what the 
the agent situation is with AEW, how that works. You know, I don't know if there's somebody helping these ladies out, like, you know, planning out the big spots and the finishes of the match, but it just always seems like, I feel like a lot of the Indians seem so low key. They're just, they're never, none of the matches are structured in a way to get the crowd behind them. Like the, the really good women's matches in AEW really stand out because it's so rare. Whereas yeah. I feel like, I feel like the WWE women's matches, they've got, the absolute worst ones, like the bar is still pretty high, right? They got a pretty yeah. high floor. You know what I mean? Exactly. Even if they, the, the ceiling may not be super high, but they, you got a pretty high, like base level match for women. I don't know. They, it should be way better because they, I mean, they got, you know, Athena, dude, who is Ember Moon was one of my like two mm-hmm. or three favorite women's wrestlers. Britt Baker's awesome. Tony Storm. Tony Storm's great. Um, Jade. You know, Sheeta's good. Jade. Yeah. Like, dude, like there's no. It's probably the biggest black mark on AEW's record because even when the times were great, you know, in 2020 and 2021, the women's division still mm-hmm. wasn't all that. Like you would have yeah. thought with them trying to be this, you know, this thing that's so different from WWE, they would have found a way to elevate the women even more. What would they have WWE done without has. Britt Baker during that time? Oh, if they didn't have died. Britt Baker, yeah. I mean, what would they have even done, man? Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's weird because you'd think that's the kind of thing that's right in AW Woolhouse to knock out of the park, but they, they've struggled with that, and that's been since day one in 2019, and it hasn't improved much, if any. But the, they got a ton of talented ladies, man. I think they just need to, you know, if they could maybe bring in, like, Sarah Amato from uh, mm-hmm. from, from WWE. Yeah, from NXT. I don't know if she's on NXT or working on the main roster right now, but wherever she's at, bring her over and – you know, that'd be somebody that could be really valuable to them because the talent's there for that to be a kick-ass division. Am I the only one that is, like, very confused what is going on with Thunder Rosa? Like, is, is she on the roster anymore, or what are we doing here? Yeah, it's like, I don't really think, I don't think she was, you know, I think she was kind of hurt, but it was more, like, hurt feelings more than anything else, right? Because it seemed like none of the other ladies on the roster really liked her, and it seemed like they were just openly, like, mocking her and bullying her on social media and shit, and it... Yeah, it, it's weird, man, because for a time there, dude, she was, you know, that real famous match, the one with her and Britt Baker, Britt Baker. you know, Britt kind of got the shine off of it because she had some of the iconic images, but Thunder Rosa won that match mm-hmm. and yeah. she had the huge, won the championship in her hometown. Yeah, remember, dude, it was, it was after that, that they just kept putting Thunder Rosa at like the top of the ramp and just having her like cut these like promos, dude, that I felt like it was just, it, she's it not really, a good promo. She's at all, not dude. a good promo. She's Oscar. Just send her to the ring and ring the bell. Hell yeah. Dude. She, she can go, man. And, she, and she's got. She's got charisma, but it's with her performance. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not her, on the it's mic. With, it's with her look. It's with her energy. And they yeah, would send her, her out there to die on the those. And yeah, I remember interviewing with Tony Schiavone on top of the ring. Like you would literally, was, you could just suck the fucking life out of the arena. Yes, dude. It was like you could hear a pin drop in there. So yeah, they 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 set her up for failure with with that title reign. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it's it's mind-boggling, Sambro. I don't know, and I don't know how it's going to get better or when or if it will get better. We just keep we just keep talking about it and hoping and praying, and it just never moves the ball forward. So, Sambro says, "What controversial person do you think if Mattel put in an elite set would sell the most? I think if they put out an elite or Ultimate Edition Trump, it would sell a ridiculous amount of figures. Yeah, I think that's a probably Trump the most would prominent. Be crazy, dude. If they did that as like the San Diego Comic Con exclusive next year, it would be insane. He's obviously." way too polarizing and has way too much dirt on his name that I think Mattel would ever actually do it. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, I don't think Chris Benoit would sell more than that. I think no, people would just hate seeing I think, that. I think that, yeah. And the thing about a Trump figure is that it would transcend wrestling. It would be like, it oh, would yeah. be like the bad bunny I think, figure. I think it would be I mean? their biggest selling figure of all time. Yeah. Dude. I don't, I, I, if they made enough and didn't make it limited edition, like 
there would be so many fucking people who have never even knew wrestling figures existed that would buy this if Mattel gave it like you know the top of the line treatment. Just give it a make it an ultimate edition, man. Like yeah, yeah, that it, that would just be ridiculous, man. I'd love to see him do it, but I don't see it ever happening. Yeah, what about I like a a three pack of uh, one night and page like Brad Maddox, Xavier Woods, and Page <laughs> <laughs> with the jizzed up NXT oh, Women's Championship comes with the little handheld like the camera, the handheld yeah. camera. <laughs> Yikes! That dude. little vibrator page was sticking up her butt. Oh man! <laughs> Scratch and sniff. Yeah, you could get a you could get an add on Alberto Del Rio. Um, oh no, you can't! Figure. Wow. So that's between that. Let us know if you guys ever get an ultimate edition Trump or the uh, you know the the, the page turner four pack. <laughs> four pack. Oh man, uh, Sambro, what do you guys think of heel Jack Perry? I feel like he's one of those talents mistake, that man. desperately needs a Paul Heyman. Yeah, it's a mistake. He's too he's small. He's a baby face, dude. Yeah, and he's a baby face. He's a baby face. He's. I mean, he's li- he's literally skills. a baby face, and he's a baby face. John, in yeah, character. he's one of those guys. He's Sting, dude. He's one of those guys. You never turn him heel, dude. Like. I, I get it. Like he was struggling a little bit as a baby face, but just find something else for him to do. Send him away for a little bit, man. I love jungle boy. I really, really do. I hate heel Jack Perry. Yeah. yeah. I just don't buy it. Yeah. It, he just it, seems it like seems such forced. a sweetheart of a yeah, guy. It dude. seems very forced. It, if you ever hear anybody that's talked to him, they're like, dude, he's like the nicest guy. Yeah. It's just, it's just not a fit, man. Sambro, I'd love to get your, your take. He says, this is directed at Seth. I'd love to get your take knowing you're a big mox guy. I've seen a lot of flack flack on Mox lately, bashing his wrestling style, basically saying he's worse off now than when he was in WWE. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't think he's worse than he was in WWE. He's worse than he was in the first couple years in mm-hmm. AEW. I think, you know, you, you, I, I hate to say this. Ooh, Obviously, it's great that he's cleaned his life up, but you see this a lot with artists, man. They yep. do their best work when they got one foot in the flame. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, like they just do. You know, I mean, dude, I'm. I'm He's not lying. It's true. No. Look it's, at all the great musicians. There's a ton of musicians and actors and stuff that have substance abuse problems. And I think for some people, they just got that dark side. And for whatever reason, the dark side is what feeds their creative side. And let us let us put a little disclaimer here. We are not advocating for Mox no, to get dude. back on the sauce. Dude. Yeah. I think it I think like family he, and personal health are paramount yeah. and take precedent over anything wrestling dude, related. A hundred million percent. From hearing Renee talk, it sounded like it was like a pretty serious issue or to the point where basically his life was revolved around alcohol and he had a newborn baby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not begrudging. I'm just giving my, you know, he asked for my take. That's yeah. my take, man. Yeah. I think that took him down a notch. I think he's gotten a little too over reliant on the blood, you know, yes, like, yes. like, the blood you know, is too much. Phil, you know, I posted that blood and guts figure for sale the other group and uh, the other day in the group. And, uh, you know, we were cracking jokes, you know, Phil, Phil Dunnett, our buddy in the UK said, you know, that's, he, he bleeds when he goes out to the store to get milk, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like he's just kind of overdone it on that. So I don't think, I think, I still think he's better than he was in WWE because he had some, he had some really, really bright spots, but for the most part, they had him just doing like dumb comedy stuff in WWE, but it's definitely a step down from where he was those first years in AEW. I think, uh, I think some of that's just because he was flying so high. I mean, he was the man. He basically fucking carried that company the first the first couple of years along, mm-hmm. along with Jericho and the the elite. Yeah. Um. And now he's kind of just part of a faction. So I don't know. I think he's got a lot of stuff going on, but sounds like he's got his personal life completely turned around. And for that, I'm happy because I still and maybe love that's Mox. and maybe that's what it is too. I mean, obviously, I have no basis, to, you know, to 
put this uh, speculation out there, but maybe he's got his life together and he realizes like wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling driven. isn't everything. Yeah. yeah wrestling. And is he's already just, a three time champion. I mean, yeah. he's a three time. He has nothing champ. to prove. Nothing yeah. To prove, he has yeah. nothing to prove. I mean, and he's like a WWE champ. I mean, he's got, I mean, his career legacy is pretty, pretty intense. So. Yeah. And for the record, I still love Mox. He's still my favorite guy in AEW. And I still think he could crank it up and go on another main event run. No problem. He, what needs, we gonna to, say, Jordan? he needs to get rid of the sweatpants. It's, it's become what, <laughs> the what, gear what, has gotten bad. Dude, dude. That's repugged. The, the gear has become what the ricochet clothesline was for him in WWE <laughs> and, and Michael yeah. Cole yelling the lunatic fringe every five seconds. The lunatic fringe. Yeah. The, I don't, yeah. Go back to the stuff he was wearing when we first went to AEW. Dude, go back and get your shield pants, man. Like, yeah. Roman's made it clear, dude. The shield pants just work as gear, dude. Like, rock the shield pants with some boots and you're fine. And I always thought his gear looked good those first couple of years. Yeah. But then starting from that night, he lost the belt to MJF. I was just like, what the fuck are you wearing, dude? Yeah. Like, he looks like like Mick Foley. And he should look better than that. He should look yeah. tougher. Dude. He's not a schlub, dude. Like, yeah, he's like a badass who doesn't care what he looks like. But he's not a schlub. But yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. A, a freaking a wife beater tank and a pair of jeans. Like, that's not that's not asking too much. You know what I mean? He made like, that. Yeah, he made that work for Dean Ambrose. And if you, if you do the wife beater with the jeans, you always got the built in spot where you can get that pop just ripping your shirt off. Exactly. Dude. Exactly. Um, Sambro also says, went outside the other day and put myself in missionary ankles <laughs> to ears and tan the old taint. Gotta wow. say, gotta say, it actually gave me a burst of energy. Wow. Dude, I'm telling y'all, get with the butthole sunning, okay? Or the, you know, genital sunning. Doesn't have to really be your butt, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging all of you guys and I want you to report back. Um, I'm gonna, about your, I'm gonna about give your it a, sunning your nether regions. I worry about mosquitoes, man. That's probably my primary concern, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting a mosquito bite right on your old taint. Yeah. Like right underneath the ball sack, dude. Uh, Sam Russell says, what's the best snake repellent for the yard? He's asking me. Honestly, I, so. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's asking you or Seth or Marco. Um What's the best snake repellent? I would say get some poultry, dude. So, I mean, obviously, like you're looking, you, you probably live in a place where you're not going to have chickens, turkeys, guineas, any of that. But um, those are those are good snake repellents. Um, they'll kill anything that's not big enough. Dude. Yeah, they'll, they'll kill all the, the small, um, small kind snakes and stuff. But there's some stuff I think you can like sprinkle in the yard that will deter them. Um but yeah, if you got a snake problem, dude, Just keep like, your yard mode down and don't yeah. have piles of rubbish, dude. What, that's where yeah. snakes are going to. What if he's it? dealing with an anaconda here? Like, what what do we got for that, Sheena? I, I mean, stay out of the water. My anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> uh, Zach Hertzler, seeing how as it's summer and you want a slushy, what flavor are you getting? Also, what. You want a not a nice alcohol slushy? What kind are you getting? So I'm a blue raspberry guy. Um, that that's my, like my go to for regular slushy alcoholic. It's got to be a hurricane, dude. That's like the New Orleans standard. You know, New Orleans is famous for their uh, their alcoholic slushy. So yeah, I'm, I'm going hurricane if it's an alcoholic, but uh, regular slushy, I'm going for some sort of blue raspberry variety. Regular slushies, I really like like a tropical fruit, like a either a pineapple or like a mango or something like that. That's my go to, and if that's on the menu. Um, for alcoholic slushies, I, I mean, I gotta say, just a good old classic like slushy margarita is uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, is on is on the menu anytime. So, what about uh, you, Jordan? Regular, I'm going Tiger's Blood. I, I just love that Ooh. flavor. It's love watermelon, strawberry, blood. and a hint of coconut. And then, yeah. dude, I don't know. I think it's only in Vegas, but Vegas has an adult Taco Bell, and they have Baja Blast alcoholic slushies. Dude, wow. 
I wow. think I think this that is, sounds incredible, dude. Dude, and they have all kinds of flavors. I saw it one day. I was just scrolling through something, and I'm like, "Holy shit! I need to try one of those. That's got to be good." Baja Blast alcoholic slushies. Wow. So uh, Zach Hersler, final question of the day: favorite summer pay per view? Gotta be summer. I think you skip one. Oh yeah, I did skip one. It's another Zach one. Sorry, bud. I'm here for you, Zach. Yep. Um, what is one of your favorite restaurants of all time, and what was the food you used to get there? Uh, so I'll go local joint. Me and Sheena's hometown, Morgantown, Kentucky, the Dairy Mart. Man, this oh, place was awesome. Yeah. They closed. They closed down the um, uh, the Friday of our first football game, my junior year of uh, football. That was the last day it was there. I can proudly say that I ate there. The last day it was open. Dude, they had the best cheeseburgers, man. They were like, they're basically between like a slider and a regular sized cheeseburger. Like they weren't quite sliders, but they were definitely like, you need to get two or three of these things if you're going to eat them. But they were just fucking excellent. They were like smash burgers before smash burgers was really like even a thing. You know, this was 2001. Um, they had these awesome milkshakes, man. It was like I said, it was just it was uh, so every, good. every small town's probably got a place just like it. But this one was mine ton of nostalgia like i used to go and stay with my grandma for the summer my papa clyde who i talked about earlier my great grandpa every morning like clockwork 10 30 he would come by and pick me up we go to dairy martin to eat so it had a ton of nostalgia built into it but it was damn good food too so i will go with the uh the dairy mart and the uh just straight up you know cheeseburger with mayonnaise man that was my go-to order okay so this i'm i can't believe i'm gonna say it's my favorite restaurant and i'm like drawing a blank as to what the name of it is seth will have to help me hold on what was because it's just because i've eaten at so many mexican restaurants what is the virginia beach our friday oh, tradition plaza azteca plaza azteca that's dude. shameful that you forgot that I forgot, dude. we've had dude. so many good meals and so many good margaritas there. yeah dude so um plaza azteca well i mean dude I've, i mean i couldn't remember i was like puertos i was like no that's bowling green same thing dude every place every town has mexican restaurants like this but this one was just like two steps above dude. it yeah. was fucking incredible man it's specifically awesome food, specifically awesome the one over on um holland holland road yeah. yeah there's a um plaza azteca over there and i mean seth and i have eaten in there countless times dude and back before we had kids and we lived in virginia beach the first time every we, friday every friday that was would, our routine we'd we go, go there over. and get two margaritas and eat and then find a way to stumble back to our apartment <laughs> yeah so i would have to say that's my favorite yeah we would get the and our what we would normally get there is like uh fajitas the fajitas for two, for two was what we would and get the texas so. margaritas and the texas margaritas hey we went on a double date with uh my friend and this girl there one night <laughs> and up, uh the girl oh so we sit down i cannot believe yeah, i think jordan's for her the story but the girl so sheena is like this is 2009 so we, i'm a still, totally different person i don't even young. know who i am at this point. but you know we get there and sheena's going you know like i said you heard her she loves this place dude loves the margaritas she's going on about how good they are and <laughs> i think the girl is just like you know she's always like a bud light or something and sheena's just like no you gotta get a margarita <laughs> you gotta get a margarita and the girl's like i don't i don't think so dude you know i really don't like tequila she was like no you're getting a margarita so finally this poor girl caves to the peer pressure and uh orders a margarita right and drinks I wasn't it that aggressive and then she was pretty aggressive and then like 15 <laughs> minutes later she goes to the bathroom she's just gone for like 10 minutes and that's my friend jimmy i'm like bro is everything good and he's like i don't know and then like 30 seconds later he's like oh she just texted me she said she's in the bathroom throwing up right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right, George, what's your Man. restaurant, dude? And can you guys, I mean, I, I haven't even drank on the pod in like freaking six weeks. So. Still, she made this poor girl on a date. <laughs> Think about how mortifying that would be, dude. You're on a date and you're in the bathroom throwing up, man. Because some chick made you drink a margarita. I used, dude, I used to drink pretty heavy. I used to be a bartender and I was a server. So I had like the nightlife, you know what I mean? So after you get off serving, you're kind of like jacked up trying to like, you know, go to sleep and stuff. So like we would go out and freaking party after because we didn't have to be at work again until like two o'clock the next day. Uh, so yeah, back in my younger days, I used to be a much more of a party animal than I am now. Uh, so mine is a barbecue joint that closed down about, I think it was eight years ago. It was called smoke pit. Um, it used to be connected to a strip club, but I was too young to enjoy the fruits <laughs> of that labor. Uh, but uh, get some ribs and a rub. Exactly. But dude, Dry just, rub. just yeah. like the portions they gave you at this place, it was like nine bucks for, you know, like one of the big styrofoam containers, you'd get like eight bones in it. And then that's you, why they closed down. And no, I mean, at that point, that was eight years that's ago. That's true. I know. You get joking. like a heap. Like, I know this is weird for a barbecue restaurant, but you get spaghetti in it. It And they had, their spaghetti sauce was really good. And then they had garlic bread and it was just a phenomenal meal. And it was an older couple that owned it and they just got too old to keep it going. So they closed it down finally. That sucks, man. The real ones never last. I remember being so excited whenever we, you know, moved back to Virginia after basically a 10 year hiatus and Plaza Azteca was still there, man. Yeah. Like, Cause yeah, it seems like all your favorite, if it's a local joint, it feels like, it feels like they're on borrowed time from the moment they open up, man. Dude, the I chains like, are just too fucking powerful. I feel like the, the world could be in the worst recession it's ever seen. Mexican restaurants never die, dude. I feel like Mexican, dude, our little Low town of Oakland. operating cost, dude. It's a good business model. Our, our little town of Oakland here, like it, it is literally a one stop light town. Like if you blink, you're going to miss Oakland, right? It's just like a little pit stop off the highway. Great I think little, it actually is only two spot two stoplights, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah it's it's legit. It used to just be like a stop sign, from what I understand, like ten or fifteen years ago. But anyway, we have like five Mexican restaurants in in Oakland, right? So, I mean, that just goes to show you that they're they're recession proof, bulletproof. Um, and thank God for Mexican restaurants because we love Mexican food. Um, Zach Hertzler, final question of the night: favorite summer pay per view? I assume he's talking all time. I'm gonna go in your house, Canadian Stampede. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, Jordan. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> a lot of good ones to pick from, dude. SummerSlam's been really good for like the last like six years. I'm just going to go, just because we have already talked about it tonight, and I know I love it, I'm going to go SummerSlam 92. That's what I was going to go with, dude. I think... Uh, you know, Such a unique one. Just a, so yeah, the good. unique feel. The it's main evented by a classic match, and it's for the Intercontinental Championship, which just sets it apart even more. And there's not a bad match on that show. Like yeah. '92 WWF was really, really good. Yep, and you get the the appearance from a Dirty Diana. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie though. One pay per view I really do miss, and I didn't think I would, dude. I loved WCW Hog Wild in Sturgis. That yeah, was like it was one awesome, of the coolest dude. things ever. Yeah, it was different, dude. It it was so cool, man. Hearing all the bikes revving up and shit, dude. Like, yeah, I, I loved Hog Wild, man. All, all, all the WCW always did a really good job of making their shows feel different. Remember, like, um, like when they'd do Spring Stampede and they'd have the whole like you know Western like ranch motif for yeah. the entrance stage and shit. And then yeah, all the like, Halloween Havocs were killer. Oh, yeah, yeah, Fall Brawl is always great. Yeah, WCW, like I said, the actual show quality was whatever, but the production and like the stage design stuff was always on point, man. Yeah, Hogwild was super cool. 100%. And that wraps up our listener mail for this week. So thank you guys for all sending in your questions. If you want to, join our Foley fam and you can get in on answering or uh, submitting some listener mail for us. 
All right, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Um, you can find Marco. Hopefully, we got to check in on Marco. Uh, he had some technical just difficulties and he yeah, f- fell out of the recording. So uh, you can find Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Join our Foley fam over at uh, chickfoley.com. And we want to give a shout out to our Pod Foundation family. Um, go to Extra Cooler. Uh, coming down the aisle and the Turnbuckle Tavern. There are Pod Brothers. If you want to just listen to an awesome network of shows, check us out along with our Pod Brothers, and uh, you'll have all the wrestling content you need for the week. I want to remind you guys use code Chick Foley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles and use code PF10 to save 10% at Chalkline on behalf of the Pod Foundation. And now it's time for the main event of the evening. Jordan is stepping up to the plate for trivia. For those that don't know, Jordan's told me off air that these uh, these trivia questions just absolutely wreck him. He starts to get panic attacks. You know, his palms are sweaty. Knees Bro, weak, I'm arms literally are fucking sweating right now. I'm not even lying. <laughs> he said the moment she just starts reading. It's so funny because... You know, Jordan's not a nervous yeah, person. Yeah, I, yeah, he's my best friend, dude. Like, if it's one thing I'd say about him, dude, he's always a calm presence. Like, yeah. I'm the I, I'm pretty damn calm too, but I do occasionally like wig out about stuff. And when I do, Jordan's almost always like the, a calming presence for me. Like, he's a super laid back cat. So that's why it was so funny to me when he told me how worked up he gets on these. He said, like, the moment she just starts reading the question, he just starts feeling his heart beat out of his chest. No, dude, like, well, my that- mind goes blank. I'm like, dude, Fuck. that's me. That's me. And you know what I think it is, Jordan? It's because you and I are so close to Seth. Like, we're probably the two closest people in his life. And he is such a like, encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge that I feel like anytime I'm like, oh man, like, you know, he knows the answer. I know he knows the answer. Like, I should know the answer. And there's some just obscure shit that like nobody knows the answer to, but somehow Seth knows the answer. So it makes me feel pressure to feel like I should know the freaking answer. So mine's, I've always been a shitty test taker. I fucking, (laughs) when I took my insurance test the first time, I swear to God, I had sweat dripping out of my shorts. I was like fucking dying. You're like on like the sitcoms (laughs) and stuff with somebody struggling on a test. (laughs) When I left LASIK, are you good? I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> All right, hit him with it, Sheen. All right, at the 1995 Survivor Series, what entire team survived? Oh my! Do God. do 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 do. We need to get the Jeopardy music no for, the, for a sound drop. Uh, do you want to take a guess? Take a guess, and then okay. Oh, after you guess, whether you get it wrong or right, I'm going to give you the multiple choice. See if you can get it from the multiple choice. Um. Team Heart Foundation. I don't know. Nope. I'm okay. So you. here, here's your multiple choice answers. So the multiple choice answers are the underdogs, the dark side, the perfect team. The perfect team. It was the dark side. Fuck. The perfect team was Mr. Perfect and all three members of Demolition from Survivor Series 1990. Mm. Do you remember this was Undertaker's first match back from when he got his face broke by Mabel and he de- debuted the Phantom of the Opera mask. Bro, mm. you could be speaking Japanese to me right now and it would sound the exact same as what you just told yeah, me. Yeah, it was it was Undertaker, Henry Godwin, Savio Vega, and I, forget, I can't actually remember who the fourth member of their team was, but Bro, but the yeah, fact that you gave best. me a three so and a half to get that, it was more like a fucking zero and a half to get that. There was no yeah. chance. Well, who who was on the underdogs? The underdogs was Barry Horowitz, Marty Janetti, Leaf Cassidy, and I want to say Hakushi may have been with them. Mm. 
All right. The other the underdogs and the dark siders or the dark side was from Survivor Series ninety five. Perfect team was from Survivor Series ninety. Yeah, would never. Do All right, that. Sheena, hit us with some closing thoughts. Don't fuck with cats. <laughs>